Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Today is Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. Roland Martin Unfiltered broadcasting live here in Atlanta from the Global Hope Forum on the Black Star Network. Folks, over the next two hours, we will have an unbelievable uh, array of people with some amazing conversations and words to inspire you no matter what area you're involved in. We'll talk to the head of the Small Business Administration for the Biden Administration, uh, talking about what they are doing to help black businesses grow and prosper. Also, I sat down with Ambassador Andrew Young, and we talked about uh, his life motivation and what it means to be focused in building uh, a world for black entrepreneurs. Also, Ben Chavis, who runs uh, the NNPA. We talk about the importance of advertising black-owned media and how black-owned media must be working together as partners to make it happen. In our second hour, an amazing words from Bishop T.D. Jakes as we talk about how we are able to rethink uh, how we are to operate 
operate uh, in this new world. Also, I'll sit down with Angela Yee. She talks about her new show debuting on iHeartRadio uh, later this year. And, of course, uh, motivational speaker, entrepreneur Willie Jolly has... He drops a bunch of pearls, folks. You do not want to miss any of these conversations. It is time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. All right, folks, welcome to Roland Martin Unfiltered here on the Black Star Network. We are broadcasting from the Global Hope Forum. This is the 30th anniversary of Operation Hope. It has been a fantastic fantastic couple of days. We kicked this off on Sunday night with U.S. Senator Raphael Warnock. And, of course, uh, close it out today with some amazing sessions. Uh, and, of course, if you missed the one with Bishop T.D. Jakes, go to our Black Star Network app. Go to our YouTube channel. You do not want to miss the conversation that he had with John Hope Bryant. But we're going to kick today's show off with my conversation with Isabella Guzman. She is the head of the Small Business Administration for President Joe Biden. And we talked about what they are doing uh, to break open opportunities and create new opportunities for black-owned businesses here is our conversation. All right, so last time I talked to um, SBA Administrator, Obama's president, uh, I ignored anybody who's in the Trump White House, uh, and uh, we were talking about black-owned businesses, loans. And it was, I'll never forget, because it was um, 2014, and the previous year, it was $23.09 billion that was handed out in small business loans, and African Americans had gotten $385 million. And a lot, of, a lot of it was because of the housing crisis. Uh, no home, no loan, no business. So in terms of where we are now, in terms of uh, lending, in terms of black-owned businesses, in terms of supporting those institutions, um, how have things changed uh, to allow for those companies to be able to grow? Because at the end of the day, without access to capital, it's a little hard to grow your business. Yeah, and that's exactly right, because access to capital is one of the key elements to growth. And we need all of our firms, including our black businesses, to grow, to be able to create jobs, to be able to create the economic output. And right now, there are still great inefficiencies in our economy because we underinvest in those very businesses that are also starting at the highest rates. You know, black women and brown women for the last 10 years have been starting at the highest rates. Period. Starting at the highest rates, but... The but reality is, the, actually, the revenue. Yes. When we had 1.9 million black-owned businesses, they were doing average revenue about 110,000. Mm -hmm. When it hit 2.6 million, average revenue was 54,000. Right, right. So right. we had more businesses, 
but half the revenue. And that's so that problem persists. We have, uh, you know, we saw during COVID pandemic the inequities persist, and we saw that um, black-owned businesses were five times less likely to get the full amount of PPP or PPP at all. Uh, and that's what the Biden-Harris administration came and focused on: is you know how do we solve for some of those historic inequities that are debilitating our economy? And President Biden, the very first thing he talked to me about was the fact that you know if you don't have that accountant on speed dial or that banker on speed dial that can connect you to these programs, uh, you're less likely to have the success outcomes that we need you to have as But a one country. of the issues that, 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 I, that I saw, and also because, I mean, I talk to folks all the time, mm -hmm. I have a marketplace segment every Tuesday where I feature black-owned businesses, okay. is that many of these black-owned businesses, they had bank accounts mm -hmm. but did not have banking relationships Correct. with those banks. And so when it came to PPP, they were assisting folks who maybe already had lines of credit, right. their loans, and many of these black-owned businesses didn't actually have that. And one of the other things is it was also was based upon number of employees mm -hmm. when many black-owned businesses mm -hmm. right. had contract workers. Right. Like in, in my case, I think we had, I forgot what we had qualified for, but we had, you know, five or six full-time employees, but I actually had about 13 total people. Well, they, well, they were actually contract. Right, right. No, exactly. And I think, so this is the challenge is that, you know, we have to now take the learnings from PPP, you know, what worked about it, that we finally went from an average of 60,000 borrowers at the SBA, you know, to millions. Um, while we can't replicate a forgivable loan with the kind of fees that were, that were awarded to the lenders, um, you know, we definitely want to be able to transform the programs. Half of black businesses, you know, Federal Reserve says go online before they go to a bank. And, you know, those types of statistics point to the fact that we need change in our programs. And so I'm you know, proud that we have uh, launched regulatory reform to expand the distribution network. We need competition in this space so that more small businesses can access capital. Uh, we've also changed the rules on the core program community advantage where we do over index and, and provide more support to black businesses. Uh, we need to scale that though. And so we're providing those same types of simplification around eligibility, around underwriting, uh, you know, to uh, our core 7A program so that we can hopefully drive more banks, more uh, lenders, into the system overall and get more of our businesses with capital. How, how have you also used um, the weight of the federal government uh, to get through these banks? This is what I mean. Uh, when Maynard Jackson was mayor of Atlanta, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that he did was he called the banks in and he said, look, these are black businesses that have contracts with the city, mm -hmm. but they can't float their businesses for six months. And so he said... Um, you should be extending lines of credit. Mm -hmm. Well, the bank said, no, we're not doing it. So he said, fine, to the city treasurer, fine. Remove the city money out of their banks. Mm -hmm. So what happened mm -hmm. was, he said, you are benefiting from taxpayer dollars with the deposits into your banks. He said, and so when he did that, he forced them to have to deal with these, these businesses. That was a huge thing because um, that provided those black-owned businesses and minority businesses and women-run businesses an opportunity to actually be able to run their businesses, to be able to pay, pay their folks before the city paid with a 180-day term. Uh, when I was in Illinois running the Chicago Defender, I mentioned that to then-Governor Rob Blagojevich. I said, listen, these are folks that you're depositing state money in their banks every single day. I said, you can create something where you say, hey, here are businesses that are getting state contracts. We can make it a requirement for you to actually work with them. And they were like, whoa, had never even thought about that. To me, 
that's just you know, you know we were hoping on the honor system, but sometimes you got to really push folks to understand that they they will never be able to grow if they're constantly being locked out. Well, and that's exactly at the core of the changes that I'm proposing at the SBA to our capital programs. I need more competition in these programs because if uh, the current lenders are not able to provide that capital, we need to expand the distribution network and simplify the rules to bring more people in to provide those loans. And it's not just about the lending programs, it's also about the investment programs as well. You know, only about a 1%, just over 1% of venture capital goes right. to black-owned businesses. And so we are transforming our small business investment companies as well to get more diverse managers and try to incentivize, you know, uh, investments in all of our small businesses with a more focused approach to equity. But I do think that this is, uh, you know, a challenge that we have to meet now. Uh, and if we want to make sure that the businesses of the future can create the jobs and revenue that we need, especially as President Biden at Tulsa uh, Race Massacre uh, Commemoration announced that we're trying to hit a 15% goal uh, for small disadvantaged businesses in federal contracting. That's nearly $50 billion more in contracts by 2025. Uh, but that should be a golden ticket. If you have that golden ticket of a contract, right. get the capital that you need to back you up. And so we are launching initiatives like we did with Department of Transportation to better match our businesses mm -hmm. uh, to investment capital, to debt, to loans, to make sure they can deliver against those contracts and really build successful, resilient businesses. So I want to unpack a couple of things there that you just talked about. And first, um, when you took so the private equity piece. Mm -hmm. I think the problem with the private equity piece is actually working in reverse. So you have folks who are trying to say, oh, private equity, we need you to, we need you to uh, pay more attention to, uh, to disadvantaged businesses in equity. I've been speeches all around the country. The reality is those pension funds, those are black and brown workers. Mm -hmm. And so what I, what I have been articulating is that the pressure has to be on you're not going to get our pension fund money unless you're diverse. And so we're trying to have a conversation with them at the top when the money is actually coming from here. And so they are, they're going out and they're going to Texas and they're going to South Carolina and North Carolina and they're going to California. And you're talking about teachers, uh, teachers fund, uh, all these state funds. And, and whenever I travel, the largest collection of black wealth is actually black public workers in those pension funds. And I think making that point, getting them to understand you're investing the money of a lot of black and brown workers and it doesn't look the way your firms look, the law firms you use, the bond firms you use, the accounting firms you use, the PR firms you use, and all down the line. Right. Uh, there's a couple of great points there that I love. And, you know, there, we manage the small business investment company that's about a $37 billion portfolio. And so the same goals apply to us. I mean, we want to make sure that our portfolio is diversified. Uh, but, you know, also uh, in terms of the types of firms that get into those uh, you know, high, high margin type businesses, we want to see our firms there. And uh, in fact, uh, you know, Chairman John, Roger, uh, John Rogers uh, is the chair of our Council on Underserved Communities from Area investments and so that's a focus of the council and underserved communities as well is let's make sure we're looking at all contracts on the table uh, and that we can bring in firms to manage wealth and build wealth in communities for and the data also shows that those black minority firms actually outperform outperform the other firms but they're never able to go to that next level I remember uh, the Obama administration uh, was a management of TARP funds so I get called to the Treasury Department so I go in and they tell me that 
uh, black black minority firms outperformed majority white firms to manage the TARP fund, funds. My first thing was, they get more money to manage? Everybody went quiet. I was like, I'm sorry, where I come from, if we do better mm-hmm. and outperform, it should be an increase. And everybody just like went real quiet. I'm like, I don't understand what, what, what the deal is. And that's and that's part of the deal. So those firms are never able to actually grow. They're sort of sort of just capped at a, at a certain level uh, when you start talking about uh, private equity and investments. Uh, and I mean, even when you talk about, you know, the firm that handles the federal government's uh, 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 pension funds, you know, I'm also challenging them. Okay, what are you actually doing uh, when it comes to diversifying? At the end of the day, who controls the money? is exactly where your economic power, your wealth building is. And we saw the same data during the Obama administration when I was deputy chief of staff at the SBA. Uh, in our portfolio, small business investment companies, those firms that had uh, diverse managers outperformed, you know, whether that was women or people of color. And so we want to make sure that we're bringing the best value to the taxpayer dollar. Mm-hmm. And that actually is just the business case. Like we need to invest in diversity just because that is the future of our small business economy. We want to make sure that we're successful. So I want to go, you, you mentioned uh, contracts and these different agencies. Yes, yes. Uh, I had a meeting with Susan Rice and her team mm-hmm. probably the second month they were in the White House. Mm-hmm. And I set up a meeting was with Ben Jealous with the NNPA, Carol H. Williams, uh, Terrell Whitley with Liquid Soul, Todd Brown was a media consultant. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about advertising dollars. So um, 2018, it was 2018, Congressman Illinois Holmes Norton had the GAL do a study it showed that a million, billion is spent annually by the federal government on advertising contracts, and black-owned media gets about 51 million of the one billion, which is on par in general market, but it's the same agencies. And and so we walked them through that, and it's the sort of things, the same thing persists. I think one of the things that would be helpful, especially in this area, which actually could affect others as well, uh, is uh, first. Um, requiring these different departments to also to, to have what we call in media we call upfronts. Because in many ways a lot of black owned media companies have no idea what agencies actually handling advertising contracts. Mm, mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is you're sort of getting the runaround. So when it comes to the census, when it comes to labor, when it comes to commerce, all different areas. And so I suggested, suggested to them, I said, that's also what is needed. We saw that when it came to COVID funds as well. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's knowing where the money flow is happening. I worked with Congressman Hank Johnson on this issue as well, because for us in black-owned media, for there to be only 1%, barely 1% is going to black-owned media, it's absolutely crazy uh, when you look at, one, who black folks vote for, when you look at our impact uh, in terms of uh, on the economy as well. And that's one of the areas that we see as a breakdown, because to be perfectly frank, the largely white ad agencies are freezing us out of even government advertising contracts, where they literally don't even return phone calls. I had to call out whoever had the uh, census contract. I had to publicly shame them on my show and on social media, and they called Carol H. Williams, and they go, like, where's this coming from? She said, because the guy went to your portal, filled it out, and y'all never even called for five months. 
Well, Roland, it's the same in other industries too, and that's why you know President Biden has been a leader on this from day one, signing that uh, ex equity executive order. Uh, and we've been partnering with Ambassador Rice and the White House to make sure that contracting uh, and the goals that we set around our small business contracts are as transparent as possible. And you do track what you care about. And so, for the first time ever, the SBA released data on uh, disaggregated data by race and ethnicity, and it's 1.78 percent across the whole. Of yep. federal government spend. So, so the 560 billion being spent. Correct. Oh, yeah. And there's so there's disparity across the board, all these industries, and it's our focus to to try to reverse that. We have, you know, we have issued transformational reforms to the way that uh, agencies source around you know large contracts, trying to cut that down yep. and give an advantage to small businesses. But I think it just comes to the core of who we are as a nation. Is President Biden he wants to create a competition, make sure that we can level the playing field. Uh, and we have to remember that we were started at the SBA over 70 years in the Eisenhower administration because we wanted to ensure competition, ensure an industrial base. And another data that's important to remember and why it's really a call to action is that we've seen a 40 percent decline in the number of small business contractors doing business with the federal government. We need them. Right. Absolutely. We need them to fulfill our mission. And so that's the goal of the SBA under my leadership is to make sure we can drive change in contracting to attract them back, but give them a pathway forward. And I will say one more thing for folks who are interested in doing business with the federal government is, you know, we at the SBA have business opportunity specialists at our 68 district offices around the country. And we are trying to do a better job in 2023 to make sure that uh, they leverage the great research resources right. that we have, because we have procurement center representatives who analyze every contract that's coming down the pike. We need to get that information out there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So that firms who are in these various industries with great disparity mm -hmm. uh, can have access to knowledge and information. Well, look, I, I'm, I work with a black-owned media consortium uh, that drives here. So we would we would love to somehow uh, meet later and partner on this because uh, you know our whole deal again is like, look, this is an opportunity to change the game. We've actually forced uh, General Motors, McDonald's, Target, other companies to actually go from one percent. To, to create uh, commitments from 5 to 8 to 10 to 12%, um, largely for being called out. Uh, so our deal is like, we don't want to always call folks out, uh, but this is the, frankly, our whole deal is this is the only way we can see this, this pool expand for us to be able to grow and build and be able to build capacity. Well, we're uh, committed to the same because we know that the future of our economy is really dependent on it. It's a business case more than anything else as well. And so I think it's you know beyond just the right thing to do. It's what the economy needs. And these large corporations, as well as the federal government, uh, are using the power of the purse to be yep. able to build up our economy from the you know, bottom up and the middle out, as the president says, which is a startup. <laughs> all right. Well, let us know what we can do. We certainly uh, can drive it because this is, I, we deal with this on my show all the time, really about building our black owned businesses and not, I tell them all the time, I say, I'm not interested actually more. People think I'm crazy. I said, no, I want to build them from just being one point, you know, having one employee to really having 20, 30, 50, 100, 250 uh, to be able to uh, be much larger. Yeah, and you know, Carla Harris did that incredible study at Morgan Stanley. Mm -hmm. It's a $4.4 trillion inefficiency in our economy. I mean, that's that would really create more leadership for the United States. Oh, absolutely. All right. So I'm Appreciate looking forward it. to it. Thank Thanks you. A lot. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. All right, folks, we're just getting things started. When we come back, we'll hear from Ambassador Andrew Young, former congressman, former mayor of Atlanta, where we talk about uh, how this city has been able to grow and prosper for black entrepreneurs and really what is the future uh, for African-Americans. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Don't forget to support us in what we do. Download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. TV. Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Your dollars make it possible for us to do what we do. So please send your check and money orders to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C. 20037-0196. Cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. And Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. And be sure to get your copy of my book, White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. Available at all platforms. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target. Download your copy from Audible. We'll be right back. On the next A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, tis the season, tree trimming, party going, and gift giving. And I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes it can be overwhelming and sometimes it's just downright exhausting. Surviving the holiday season, we got tips for you for staying sane, solvent, striving and thriving, and sometimes keeping a little money in your pocket. Two things just out of the gate. 
set boundaries, and set a budget. On a next A Balanced Life right here on Black Star Network with me, Dr. Jackie. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, inflation is on the rise. Interest rates are high. Can you still thrive during these uncertain times? On the next Get Wealthy, you're going to meet a woman who's done just that, living proof of what you need to do to flourish during these uncertain times. These are times where you take advantage of what's going on. This is how people get rich or richer. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. Hey, I'm Amber Stevens-West. I'm Avery Sunshine. So this is Roger Bob. I got a message for Roland Mascot. Oh, I'm sorry, Ascot Martin. Buddy, you're supposed to be hooking me up with some of these mascots. I'm sorry, ascots that you claim to wear. Where's mine, buddy? Where's mine? That's all I got to say to you, okay? Mascot, goodbye. Hi, this is Essence Atkins, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered here on the Black Star Network. We are at uh, the Global Hope Forum here in Atlanta. Uh, Ambassador Andrew Young, 90 years old, an amazing life uh, he has led. It is always great to talk to my alpha brother. And we had a chance to catch up on yesterday. Uh, and here is uh, our conversation. Ambassador, Mayor, Congressman, Alpha Man, how you doing? I'm all right. Rolling through, doing what you do. I guess so, doing the same thing for a long time, and I don't get tired. But that's a good, you know, that's, was that Mahalia? No, that's, uh, I don't feel no way. Right, 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 right. Come too far from where we started from. Well, so funny, I was in the, in, in the green room area, and so this woman walked up, uh, your wife Carolyn, she says, oh my God, you're looking great, you're losing weight. I said, yeah, he over there in that scooter, she's trying to keep up with him. She's like, yeah, he got, he, he, she's like, he keep me moving. Yeah, well, it was either that or get two knee operations. And um, I'm not afraid of surgery, but I'm afraid of anesthesia. Mm. And when you get 90, you don't want anything <laughs> fooling with your mind. Right, right. I mean, you got enough crazy stuff going on in your life. And ether just didn't seem like it was a healthy addition. Right. Well, I understand. I've, I've had to have a couple of surgeries. And yeah, when you when you're doing that countdown. Well, the last surgery I had, I didn't go under ether. I let them do it with local anesthetic and I watched. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. But uh, it wasn't internal, it was on my arm. I got it, yeah. Well, I had a torn right labrum. My man was doing, he was giving me all the instructions uh, if something could go wrong and I, I said, now you know, something go wrong, these instructions don't mean a damn thing to me. <laughs> I said, so you may want to record it for the family. He, he bust out laughing, he went, you know, I ain't never thought about it that way. I was like, so you, I said, you give me these instructions, don't do nothing for me. But it was all good. It was, yeah. it, it was all good. We are, we're back here at uh, Hope Forum. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things that you... Uh, you know, everybody that speaks, that I've heard speak so far today, starts off with, I'm a business owner. 
And that's impressive to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what kind of businesses, and it might not be that big, but everybody's trying to find their place in a free enterprise society, and that's extremely good. Well, the thing that I, I spend a lot of time on, a lot of time on my show and all platforms, even in my speeches and everything, is trying to get our people to understand that the last five years, really the last five years of Dr. King's life, I said, guys, if you really take your time, he was talking about economics. Yeah. He was talking about, I said, the, I said that I have a dream speech was an economic speech. Yeah. I said, you got to read where we go from here. I said, you got, I said, I said, we get that, look, the, uh, the mountain well, that was a 43 minute, 16 second economic speech. Yeah. But Martin, um, Martin's daddy was a businessman. Right. Helped start a bank. And, um, had a couple of funeral homes, and uh, Ebenezer built public housing, I mean, uh, as part of the church mission. And, and his granddaddy, who was treasurer of, his granddaddy was treasurer of the National Baptist Convention when it was six million members. So they've always been very much aware. Now that, he had a reaction that I inherited from him and only because he didn't believe that he should have money. And um, he didn't pay us for $6,000 a year, but that's all he would take from his church. And um, if I had married a school teacher with a good job, a master's degree, and uh, a good pension, I'd be in real trouble. <laughs> Well, the, I, I married two school teachers. Yes. Both of them had pensions. Both of them had master's degrees. There you go. There you go. But the, but the thing that... But let you, me say yes. the difference. And this is one of our problems in, this, in the nation. My first wife's master's degree was from Queens College in New York. She didn't pay but $16 a semester. And that was the registration fee. And that's all it costs. $32 for our master's. Carolyn's master's was at Georgia State, and already it had gone up to about $1,000, so uh, 10 years later. But now a master's degree costs you $25,000, $30,000 at least. Yeah, at least. Some places $25,000 a year. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that, that, and that. Right. Well, $25,000 a year is low now. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's the, low. Yeah. And, um, you start talking about the Ivy League schools. Well, my grandchildren are applying to college and it's driving me crazy because they apply to these colleges that are good colleges, good schools, but I look at the tuition and it's $72,000 right. a year, $60,000 a year, nothing. Well, that's more than I make. Right. And I don't want to see them come out of school and and be strangled by death and and, debt. and it absolutely is is I call it invisible shackles. Well, and it came from Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. In California, Ronald Reagan decided that school was too cheap, and there were too many people wanting to get into colleges. What we did in Georgia was different. We expanded the colleges, and we. Uh, we probably have a million college students in Georgia now mm -hmm. uh, under the HOPE scholarship. 
so that anybody that keeps a B average um, and can make 1200 on an SAT can go to college mm -hmm. free. The reason I keep, and we're talking about money, we're talking about how this company works. I always tell people, if you ain't talking about money, you ain't having an American conversation. Mm -hmm. and, 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 the well, and that's one of the reasons why I came to admire John Bryant, mm -hmm. that John Bryant didn't get to go to college uh, anywhere. But uh, he's been a scholar all his life. Mm -hmm. And he knows people, of course. I, I, I tell him where he got his confidence and his ego strength was serving as a soul train dancer with Don Cornelius. <laughs> if you got enough balls to go down a soul train line with a different step every day, you are really getting it together. <laughs> see? But he translated that into financial literacy. And as he learned, he taught. And Operation Hope is now got, we got almost 4,000 young people here, mm -hmm. all business oriented. And that's, that's, that's what he says from civil rights to silver, to rights. silver rights. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Well, when we first met, I was also using that phrase and he was, and he said, he said, man, we just start using that phrase. I said, I said, doc, because I spent so much time studying the black freedom movement yeah. and understanding where, you know, where it was going, where it was moving to. And I said, I just think that one of the things that if we if we're so fixated on political power and you do not focus on economic power then we're then, then we're losing uh losing out on really what drives this 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 country very much so and even in our hbcus i think atlanta university was the first one to have a business school and that wasn't until the 60s mm -hmm. and um well, that's past. The 60s and 70s, we started moving into business. Businesses of our own uh, and integrating the businesses and taking over businesses that were evolving. But when you were mayor, I go back to also Mayor Jackson, what his grandfather mm -hmm. taught him the three B's about the book and the buck. Mm -hmm. What y'all also did was you took that political power to drive economic power. And that's why Atlanta is a city is very, today. It was very simple. We didn't, and strategic. We didn't do anything unless 25% of every contract was done by a minority or female-owned company. And I increased it up to 35%. When I came in, when we had the Olympics, we got it up to 41%. It's now, it was running about 50-50, but I'm afraid it's slipping back. Because when you're not pushing forward, you quietly slip back. And mm -hmm. I, uh, but like the Atlanta airport, I went out to the Atlanta airport. Now the Atlanta airport is the largest in the world. We had 110 million passengers come through that last year. Uh, the gross impact was $66 billion. Mm -hmm. Atlanta itself is a $400 billion economy. That makes the city of Atlanta, not the state of Georgia, right? just the city of Atlanta, pretty much the same size as Norway economically. Mm -hmm. see? So don't ever let anybody play us cheap and think that right. we, we, we're not a major league player in the world. 
So Steve, so Steve Bartlett, I was talking to him, and he said when he became mayor of Dallas, you were the only mayor who he called to get advice from. <laughs> what, what to that point you just made there? What would what would you say? What advice would you give? Or do these young black mayors who are coming in, Little Rock and Birmingham, uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, and other places? You got the largest four cities in America right now with black mayors, and all of uh, those small cities. So one of the reasons why uh, Warnock was able to win was we got mayors. <laughs> they all happen to be from Morehouse, in in Savannah, uh, Columbus, Macon. Uh, and maybe even Augusta, and, and Thomasville. We, we, we're, but the the other thing, Atlanta now has seven million people. When I was mayor, we only had we were just getting to one million, and so it's it's rough adjusting to that now. Mm -hmm. But we, we took it in steps, um, and we were able to expand the infrastructure as we did it. Right now, we're being hampered by the transportation infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you say to those new black mayors who don't have the same tools that you had or Mamie Jackson had uh, when it came to set asides, when it came to, in terms of trying to drive black business in their, in their cities? What well, advice you give for them? First place. There's really almost no such thing as black business. It's business. <laughs> and you want to get business. You want to help business in your city. And, and frankly, um, the, the new uh, restaurants are Vietnamese, uh, Korean, um, Persian, uh, we're we're becoming an international culture as well um, and so there's another kind of lateral integration that we need to maintain now fortunately in Georgia most of the minorities coming in have followed our lead and taken part and they voted for Warnock mm -hmm. uh, we also had a Vietnamese woman um, uh, a Korean woman on the ticket uh, that did not win, uh, but uh, and there were, of course, Stacey Abrams did not want, win, and it's it's it wasn't that we didn't work hard enough. I I really I really expected to get more support from white women that we didn't get. Uh, I mean, I was surprised that so many of them voted for Herschel. So 52% voted for Trump in 2016 yeah. over Hillary Clinton. Yeah. All right, folks, uh, we're going to take a pause in my conversation with Ambassador Andrew Young. Got to go pay some bills, go to a break. When we come back, we'll conclude my interview with Ambassador Young right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network here from the Global Hope Forum for Operation Hope in Atlanta. Back in a moment. impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, 
for Raji Muhammad only on the Black Star. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu Network We talk about blackness and what happens in black culture we're about covering these things that matter to us uh, speaking to our issues and concerns This is a genuine people powered movement There's A lot of stuff that we're not getting you get it and you spread the word We wish to plead our own cause too long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in Black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Check some money orders. Go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037- 0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Hi, this is Essence Atkins. Hey, I'm Dion Cole from Blackish. Hey, everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, Unfiltered. Hey. 
Folks, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered here on the Black Star Network. Uh, here is a continuation of my conversation with Ambassador Andrew Young. So looking forward, you've been, you've been in every facet, civil rights, politics, to that particular point. My book is called White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. And, I'm, <laughs> and I talk about the demographic shifts. And what we're dealing with is the reality of this fear of losing power, losing control. Well, and, and um, there's a difference between control and influence. And um, I think as a minority, I've always been comfortable, more comfortable influencing change. I don't want to be... I don't want to be in control making the change, but I want to set up the mechanism. And what we did in Georgia was improve, <coughs> improve the quality of higher education. Now, we, we, um, we took a little criticism when we made the lo had the lottery go statewide, but uh, Zell Miller, who was governor then, and I was working with him, though I ran against him, I, I, I lost and I worked with him only because we agreed that all of the profits of lottery <coughs> would go to higher education and preschool. <coughs> and that was where we needed... Front end back in. Yeah, that was where we, we needed more children to get a better start in education. And then we need... We now, we now have... <coughs> we now have... Um, we probably have close to a million college students in Georgia now. I'm going to go back to what you said, rather influenced than control. But the reality is, by having black mayors, y'all had the control. You had no, the power. No, we didn't. No, you really don't. So how did, how did it happen? Well, no, it, it happened because we used our influence. <coughs> that um, there, there is no sense as a dictatorship. Now, we, we had a majority black population, and we had the best ideas, but nobody, nobody who saw the airport we were building could be against it. It's because that's one thing most people don't know. We didn't use any government money in the airport. No government money. We went to Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And we got private money. And it was a partnership between the city and Delta Easton. See, when we borrowed money on Wall Street, the tombstone, they call it, had Delta Easton reunited American, you know, down the line, Marriott, uh, parking lot, the Hertz, and things like that. Everybody was on the list. And at the bottom was City of Atlanta. When I asked why, I was at the, why we were at the bottom, they said, well, before you libel, everybody else has to go bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, good idea. Yeah. And, um, but we have been able, I we've gotten so much money from Wall Street, I can't find a number. Wow. See, I mean, it's, it's billions of dollars. Uh, Kasim Reed, I think probably got the most, and he talks about eight or nine billion dollars that they got from Wall Street for the expansion of the international terminal. 
I remember getting only 400 million, just a measly 400 million <laughs> to do the A concourse and uh, finish the D concourse. Mm -hmm. And I was on the fourth runway. See, uh, the fifth runway. I think we're on the seventh runway now. Wow. So, um, and, 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 and all of that requires money, but we have the airline support and we have the passenger support. Mm -hmm. See? You can't go anywhere in America without coming through Atlanta almost. That's true. I used to tell. I try not to. No. I like direct. No, well, yeah, but that's what we did. We did. We decided we would be the hub. Right. And everybody would have to come here and change, and then they could, you can go anywhere in the world from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. John Hope Bryant talks about black America needs to reboot. I often talk about how we need to be reprogrammed. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, looking at where we are, knowing full where we are in 2022, moving forward, you've seen a whole lot, you've experienced a whole lot. What do you say to that 20, 25-year-old African-American, that 40-year-old African-American, in terms of where we should be with our thinking over the next 20, 30 years? What do you see? Well, what I tell him is that Martin Luther King knew what he was doing, that uh, W.E.B. Du Bois knew what he was talking about. Uh, that Howard Thurman understood that all of this was essentially a spiritual phenomenon and it was driven by our faith and that um, I'm 90 years old I don't give a damn what you all do in the future I'm going on to glory and I'm, I'm thinking about how to get into heaven see and uh and I'm not giving up on this country, but I did what I had to do, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And th there was no suffering. Well, they say, earth hath no sorrow that heaven can't endure. And uh, I've been doing it, and I've learned from it. And I think that's the wonderful thing about life. You. You go into the fire furnace knowing you're not gonna get burned. But um, you got to go through the fire. Uh, and hopefully uh, you, you know the Lord is with you and will lead you through that fire, but I don't know what the fire is gonna be. But I'm not, I'm not the least bit pessimistic or cynical. Um, I think things are better now than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. I, I talk to my own gra grandchildren, and they talk about, I'm going to move to such a, such a place. <coughs> I said, you last about two weeks. I said, and then you come back here. Right. I've been to 152 countries, and I have loved them all. There's no place where I've been really mistreated or abused or angry but I'm still anxious to get back to Atlanta and, um, and the United States of America. We have come further than most any country in the world. And rather than getting upset about the fact that we still have problems, uh, we have to realize that those problems are our opportunities. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for a problem, there wouldn't be an invention.
Well, you just said something when you said I loved every minute of it. Uh, I tell people all the time, hashtag live life, love it. It's a lot of people, they walk around and they're, they're angry, they're upset. I said, look, you got, to, you got to love it, you got to enjoy it. Well, you got to love yourself. Right. And you got to love the fact, you've got to know that you are not an accident. You were created with a purpose. And you don't get to know that purpose in one swell, fell swoop. I've never known, honestly, I've never known today what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. I didn't know I was going to be running for Congress until the day they decided I had to run. See? I was sitting in New York, had just bought a home, and uh, my wife said, we saw uh, John Lewis and James Bevel, Diane Nash, and others on television and Nashville sit-in story. And I'd just gotten this job and just bought this house. And my wife said, it's time for us to go home. I said, we, we are home, we just built this house. She said, no, we're going back south. We're supposed to be in that fight. And I said, well, what am I gonna do? Where am I gonna get a job? She said, I don't know, but you ought to be able to do something. And if not, I can teach and take care of you, but we're going back south. And I said, well, what about the house? Sell it. So, and um, it happened that way. And I, I've never, I mean, every step I've taken, I've enjoyed. Well, look, we appreciate all that you've done. It's always great to mm -hmm. see you, talk to you, and uh, always love to hear what you got to say. It's good to see you. Keep representing Alpha Man. Okay. I appreciate it. Very good. Yes, sir. Okay, what kind of ring is that? Oh, I got this my 30th anniversary gift of Alpha. Okay, really? Oh, yeah. So I got my uh, my chapter on it, my name, my uh, line number. Well, you know, I've, uh, I don't know, I, I, I joined Alpha in 1950. So how many years does that make me? Uh, you're 72. That's right, yeah. I'm 33. Okay, well. I got some catching up. I ain't got no ring. I'll hook you up. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'll hook you up. And actually, actually, and Omega owns the company. Okay. Uh, but I told him we'll help him out. In fact, I didn't even, I don't even have a fraternity pin because the little girl I was going with took it from me at Howard <laughs> 70 years ago. <laughs> well, I th matter of fact, we, uh, I, I, I can arrange to get you a new Alpha pin. I'll call, I'll call, I'll call the national office. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it, Ambassador. Right. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Well, folks, uh, I'll be sure to try to get Ambassador Young uh, one of my uh, one of these alpha rings. It's always great to see him and great to talk to him. Uh, but hold tight one second. When we come back, uh, I talk with Ben Chavis, uh, who is the CEO of NNPA, the group of black newspapers in the country. And we talk about how vital black-owned media is and what is necessary to take get our part of the $322 billion spent annually on advertising in media. You don't want to miss that conversation. Folks, you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network, back in a moment. I am on screen, and I am representing what a black man is to the entire world that's going to see this. And this might be the only black man, a representation of a black man that they see. Right. So I am responsible, right, for how they see black men. And it's my responsibility to, if I am not playing an upstanding, honorable, of someone with a strong principle and moral core to make sure that this character is so specific right. that it is him, not black men. And I wish that more actors 
would realize how important uh, their position is as an actor, as an actor of color playing people of color on screen. Because there are people that see us all over the world in, in, in these different right. images that we portray. And not everyone knows black people to know. Yes. That's not all. This is Judge Math. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mac Wild. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right now. Welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered here on the Black Star Network uh, from Operation Hope's Global Hope Forum here in Atlanta. Uh, there's a lot of discussion here about entrepreneurship, major companies uh, in here talking about what they're doing and how they are doing business with African Americans. But one of the areas where we are still suffering is in black-owned media. And Ben Chavis, uh, the CEO of the NNPA, he and I talked about that and what is necessary uh, in order for black media black media companies to be able to grow and prosper here in the 21st century. Here's our conversation. 
All right, Ben, uh, we were here at Course um, uh, Global Hope Forum, and um, one of the things that we've talked about in the last, really, two, two and a half years, really what's happening uh, in terms of these uh, major companies and support for black-owned media. Yes. Uh, we've, we've had some companies that have actually made commitments. Um, you know, Target has made announcements. Want to spend $2 billion with black-owned black -owned companies. Uh, General Motors, um, McDonald's, uh, a number of others. Uh, but, but the thing that still jumps out at me, and I want to get your thoughts on how, you, how you've had to deal with this, is that we still get the runaround. We still get these white ad agencies uh, creating metrics that, frankly, black-owned media will never be able to hit. And so what ends up happening is we run the ads, but then they say, oh, you didn't hit the metrics, therefore we never get paid. Right. Uh, and so uh, what have your conversations been like in trying to uh, break those barriers down? Because that, that's like the latest game that they're trying to play. Exactly. Well, you're right. It's, it's like the latest game. They, discrimination is multifaceted. And when a big company says, oh, we're going to provide this amount of budget over this amount of time, all you have to do is go get the uh, perform. But then they change the performance rules. Right. Um, uh, believe me, if we could make the metrics, then they would make it something else. One of the fundamental problems, Roland, is I think these ad agencies, these middle, uh, even uh, with the big corporations that, that are saying they want to do right, they go out and hire an ad agency that won't do right. Right. You know, and I think the um, CEO of Procter & Gamble uh, recently uh, said that they were going to change who they hire as their ad agency. Right. They're no longer going to do general marketing. Because the ad agencies, white ad agencies are saying, well, we, you, you don't need to do business with uh, these uh, black-owned media companies. Right. Because we can reach black people throughout uh, general marketing. You don't need to do targeted marketing. But target almost, targeted marketing has become almost uh, um, something people are ashamed of, something people avoid. But that is really the solution. Right. If you want to uh, reach black Americans, you got to target and select and do business directly with those black-owned medias that can get to black America. Same thing with Latinos or Asians. Or, uh, we live in a, uh, a segmented society. Right. And to do business pretending like we don't live in a segmented society uh, is disingenuous, uh, Roland, and kind of productive for our businesses. So we in the NNPA, and I know that uh, representing the, the black print press and the black digital press and what you do so well, uh, we all have to band together, continue to uh, prevent corporate America from changing the rules on us. See, I, I keep telling these companies, it's your money. It's not the agency's money. It's your money. Uh, I, literally had a, I literally had a major company say, we're doing this deal with Roland. Then the agency started trying to That's ask right. questions. They get involved. And I said, wait a minute, am I being vetted again? And the company had to tell the agency, hey, That's right. we didn't ask y'all to vet again. We're doing this deal with Roland. Y'all supposed to just process the paperwork. That's right. But, but they literally were trying to, to, to block it. And, 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 and I'll tell you, uh, it's even been a struggle dealing with black folks in these agencies throwing up barriers as well. Because black folks in the agency, they don't own the agency. They are, right. hired, they are hired hands to block. I run into so many uh, persons of color who's supposed to be facilitators wind up being blockers. 
Because that's what they're hired to do. Right. You know, and I, and I think that, that, that that's something that needs to change. Either we need to band together and form our own ad agency. See, this is another thing. You know, uh, there's been a serious decline oh, absolutely. in black-owned ad agencies. <laughs> and the agencies that have taken the place of black-owned agencies are not treating African-American-owned media fairly. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, 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 I've said, uh, and I've talked to Carol H. Williams about this, uh, and I've said that uh, we should be operating as a collective uh, and going to these agencies and saying, look, this is the month. We're like, we, we'll separate it here. Send it to a Carol H. Williams right. uh, that can, that understands how we operate. Exactly. Uh, understand because she's still, she's still independent. Uh, there's no major ad agency that owns equity stake uh, in her company because that's also important as well. Uh, and it's just, and, and again, I, I just, people don't understand. And, and, and I get people who come at me Man, you trying to sit here and get the white man's money. I said, well, first of all, fool, no, there's no, no media money, entity money that operates without advertising. That's right. Advertising is the backbone of media. So to act like we can't make demands of companies to advertise when they want black market share is stupid. Right. Well, again, I think sometimes we should not apologize for demanding that we have access to wealth. 322 access, billion spent a year on sure. advertising right. and black on media getting 0.5% barely. Here, we're doing this interview at the Hope Global Forum. And I admire what John Brian Hope is doing, John Hope Brian is doing, uh, because it opens the door uh, to at least for people to understand what business at a, at a, at a, at a billion dollar and a trillion dollar level looks like. You know, uh, I, I, part of our problem, uh, Roland, has been African-American-owned media has been triaged. And uh, we wind up getting the crumbs off the table. Uh, w w that has to change. Going into 2023, 2024. Right. We've just seen in Georgia, if it had not been for the black vote, Georgia would be going in a whole different direction. But the same thing happens on the political side. That's when right. it comes to political advertising, Sinclair Media announced that they were going to make this year alone, with all of their stations, $340 million just on political advertising. Just on political advertising. And even in political game, because what happens is the same white ad agencies controlling the media dollars in politics. Right. Exactly. So the same thing happens there. And so you had black newspapers not seeing any ads until middle of September. That's right. Election was in November. That's right. That's right. But we're seeing 60, 70, 80 million being spent on television ads because the media strategists get paid all the TV buys and not when it comes to well, the it goes, other advertising. It goes to what you said initially about what I would call metrical discrimination. Uh, you know, there's a digital gap, there's a metrical gap, but undergirding all these gaps is racism. Right. It's systemic racism. I mean, look, if we, can't, if we can't market and we can't advertise, well, then we're not going to pick up more eyeballs. Exactly. But if you don't have the dollars to market and advertise, because the reality, what people don't understand is CNN advertises. Fox News advertises, MSNBC advertises, not just on their channel, because they're generating the money. That's right. So if I can't advertise my show, 
on other platforms to pick up more eyeballs, I'm gonna, it's gonna have to be an organic sort of thing. I had, I had one company literally put in the deal, I needed to have 11 million impressions. Over what time period? Over, over um, an eight week period. But here was the crazy part. Then they said, well, we don't want the ads running on Roland Martin Unfiltered. We want it running on these two shows on his Black Star Network. They were new shows. Yeah. And that's, I said, set up. And, I, and I literally said, oh, hell no. I literally called the company, I'm like, no, 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 we got a problem. And they were like, we understand you're upset. I'm like, yeah, I'm upset. I said, because, because then it was like, well, brand safe. Well, because you cover politics and news, you got opinion, that's not brand safe. And I'm like, interesting. But I'll see pharmaceutical ads on Fox News. Is that brand safe? I see opinions given on Morning Joe. Right. Is that brand safe? Right. Well, one way to break some of this up, uh, not, uh, Roland, I think is that we have to look at what we provide to corporate America. We're consumers. We overconsume on social media, yet we don't own any of these social media channels. Nope. We, um, a lot of the companies that refuse to deal directly with you and other black-owned media, they benefit from the consumerism of, of black buying, black buying power. We just went through, uh, quote-unquote, Black Friday. Uh, everybody went into the black except black people and except black-owned media. Now, the stores that benefited from the mass consumerism on black, uh, you would think they would say, well, wow, we're making all this money off black consumerism. Least what we could do is to support black-owned businesses. So I think we have to have direct relationship with these uh, companies without the third-party uh, ad agency. Number two, I think we need to do, you remember when Nielsen used to do this research? Nobody's doing the research. We need to partner with HBCUs like H, uh, Howard or, um, or, or here in Clark, Atlanta, that has research capacity. We need to be doing our own polling, Roland. We need to be doing our own stuff because we need to leverage what we do in the marketplace over against how they do business with us. This panel we just had with John Hope Bryan and Andy Young and others and the president of uh, CEO of Delta. It's about building these relationships. We've got to have the right business relationship, not charity. We're right. not asking for charity, but this is business. Right. You know, and, and they're, they're making huge profits <coughs> off of the consumerism of right. black people. So that's what needs to be changed. Also, I think, and I've said this uh, to Mark Morial, the National Urban League, I've said to Derek Johnson, NAACP, I also believe black organizations uh, should establish what I've been calling uh, a racial index. And what I mean by that is, these, co these, companies right, these, these companies and these CEOs want to come in, they want to speak on panels, they want to tout what they're doing, but it needs to be a series of questions asked. What is your black-owned media spend? Are you allocating at least 5 to 8%? Not even the population number, but at least 5 to 8%. Um, wh what is your spending on, do, are you using any black event planners, PR companies, transportation companies? catering companies, really establishing that because that's how you change the game. Exactly. It comes down to the annual contracts. I, I told another company, um, they said, hey, you know, we allocated $500,000. I 
I said, yeah, but that's not a multi-year deal. I said, I can't plan for 2023 and 2024 based on a one-time deal. Exactly. Yet, I'm seeing you do deals over here. And then they say, well, well we, don't, we don't do multi-year deals. I said, oh, yes, you do. I said, these companies know you're going to spend money with them every year. It may not say multi-year, but they know during the upfront, you're going to spend money with them every single year. Exactly. And that's the box they put us in. Right. So in essence, we are like begging and hoping, man, I hope they come back next year. When white media knows, they're going to be back. Well, I think, um, let me tell you why I'm optimistic. What you have shown with your show, with your network, that is not only possible to, to compete, but the quality, to me, this is just not a matter of metrics. The quantitative. The qualitative, Roland, in my view, is just as important as the quantitative. In fact, when people buy black-owned media, they're not just buying metrics. Right. They're buying a sphere of influence. Right. When I tell my people sell for the NNPA, we're just not selling media impressions. We're selling the influence in our community. Right. And that's what they pay for. And so we have to be measured on our influence, right. not measured on our metrics. Well, I, I just think that for the people who are out there watching, and I try to walk my folks through this all the time, that they have to understand that, that black-owned media will never be able to grow as long as we're frozen out of the dollars. Exactly. We're not going to be able to hire staff. We're not going to be able to cover more events. So it is by design to starve us, which in turns will starve our viewers and readers because we can't expand and build. Well, I'm, on the, uh, I'm not offering a solution, but I want to tell you something I want you to consider. In my view, black-owned media should not be contained or restrained or cordoned off just as domestic business. Oh, I agree. We, we're not the global hope for I want to globalize what we do. Oh, absolutely. Your show ought to be distributed around the world. And listen, if American corporations are going to continue to triage us, then we need to look for some other multinational corporations right. to do business with. Uh, this network. I'm trying to develop an NMPA app now. It's just not a U.S. app. It's a global app uh, where we can unite the press in Africa, oh, yeah. the press in Brazil. I was just in Harvard the other day talk to all of our Brazilian brothers and sisters. There are more black people in Brazil yeah. than in the United States. Yeah. We ought to be doing business with them. Well, that's, and that's why when, when I create our OTT platform for that very reason, that way we're not just solely dependent upon Facebook, you YouTube, Twitch, you and those platforms. Uh, and, but again, I, I, and see, look, I, I, I'll be very transparent. I tell my audience, that deal with Vimeo, with the, just to do it every year, that's $160,000 a year. So that app that's what it cost. Yes. And so I try to walk our people through, like, understand those are hard costs oh, no that have to be paid. No question. And, and as long as we're frozen out of the money piece on the advertising side, that's going to make it even more difficult. Well, listen, again, everybody throws around that number that African-Americans spend $1.2, trillion right. a year. But it's just not what we spend, but how we spend it. Right. And who we spend it with. Yep. I really think um, another call to action, uh, Rolling is for us to uh, make it available so people in our own community should be investing in black-owned media. Yep. I, I discussed it with Robert Smith. He's a black billionaire. Uh, 
uh, we have several black billionaires. In my view, I know they have to, uh, if you own a hedge fund, if you own a hedge, there are certain disciplines you have to do. But I also believe that the call to support, financially support, I agree. black owned business by African Americans is a call that we have to continue to make. Oh, absolutely. And that's because of the, because the reality is, a lot of those same folk, when they get in trouble, they want to call us. Oh, absolutely. To do stories. It happens like, all the time. How do you think this is paid for? It happens all the time. Yeah. And so, I mean, and, I, and I'll tell folk, and, I'm, and look, I, we, I got my Breed of Funds fan club, uh, and I had, it was a, it was a black ad agency that uh, that uh, uh, sued another firm. And so the, so the brother called my one, of my one of my guys, and he's like, you know what? We want to do this, this, this with Roland. And, 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 and my, my guy said, Roland had you on the show almost an hour. He said, and pushed it out to social media and everything. And he said, and you haven't even bothered to contribute $50. He said, so you want him to help you. That's right. In this multi-million dollar settlement, he said, but you won't even invest in black owned media. It gotta be reciprocity. You know, Ben Crump and I talk about this all the time. Uh, a lot of these cases and settlements. And he's trying to build a national uh, law firm like John and Cochran. Right. And I'm saying, great, but we gotta work together to make sure that the financial support is there. There you go. Because one thing for sure, freedom is not free. Nope. Justice is not free. Equity is not free. It costs. Yep. And right then now, it, the disproportionality, we're spending. Right. But we're not receiving that's right. a return. That's right. The, R, the ROI. And that's why the return, return on investment. That's the return on investment. ROI. All right. Ben, All right, we appreciate man. it. We'll look, I think 2023 uh, should definitely be the year where, where black owned media accepts what Dr. King talked about, the, the, the collective. Absolutely. Uh, in that speech on April 3rd, 1968, where he said individually black people are poor. Exactly. He said, but collectively, oh, man, we are one of the largest economies in the world. That's right. We have to operate as a collective and not in our silos. So, Roland, let's find time to huddle. The owners of black owned media, we need to huddle uh, in all different formats. Because that's another thing. Sometimes yep. they play off the formats. Like, there's stuff going on right now in Nabob. You know, black on radio man uh is is is, is struggling yep uh, to survive you know at this time yep. so we need to huddle among ourselves sounds good all, all right. right thank appreciate you appreciate it thanks a god much. bless all righty all right folks uh great to chat with ben and i really do hope in 2023 we see black on media come together as a collective to be able to get our fair share but folks look we ain't got we just got started the second hour is gonna be even more powerful than the first hour coming up next bishop td jakes uh, angela Yee, motivational speaker author and entrepreneur willie jolly are gonna blow the hinges off the door in our second hour here from operation hopes global hope forum here in atlanta you're on the you're watching roland martin unfiltered on the black star network don't forget, support us in what we do. Download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Join our Bring the Funk fan club. Your dollars make it possible for us to do what we do. Uh, so please uh, send your check and money order to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app, dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. And don't forget to get a copy of my book, White Fear, How the Brownie of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Mind. Available on all platforms, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can get it from Target. And you can also download a copy from Audible. We'll be right back.
Next on The Black Table with me, Greg Carr, we welcome the Black Star Network's very own Roland Martin, who joins us to talk about his new book, White Fear, how the browning of America is making white folks lose their minds. The book explains so much about what we're going through in this country right now and how, as white people head toward becoming a racial minority, it's going to get, well, let's just say even more interesting. We are going to see more violence. We're going to see more vitriol because as each day passes, it's, it, it is a nail in that coffin. The one and only Roland Martin on the next Black Table, right here on the Black Star Network. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Godfrey, the funniest dude on the planet. <laughs> Hi, I'm Israel Houghton. Apparently, the other message I did was not fun enough. So this is fun. You are watching... Roland Martin, my man, unfiltered. Welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Folks, the, Bishop T.D. Jakes has a thousand titles. Uh, he is a pastor. He is an author. Uh, he is a filmmaker. He is a producer. Uh, whatever he puts his mind to, he can do it. Now he's involved in real estate development. And so he and I had an opportunity uh, to talk after he was on the panel here at Operation Hope. If you missed it, go to our app. Go to the YouTube channel. It is an amazing conversation he had with John Hope Bryant. But here is my chat with Bishop T.D. Jakes. Well, Bishop Jakes, always good to see you. Thank Look, you, man. Looking clean there. I'm trying to keep up with you. Uh, I was surprised you didn't bring uh, any of those cakes and stuff I keep looking at on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. all your bacon. Yeah, whenever the kids come over, that's how I show love. Oh, I understand. I understand. Look, my mom has done the case professionally uh, for 30-plus years. And so uh, when I went home for Thanksgiving, that was the family cakes, and there was one that said Roland. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, no, I was like, I said, no, no, no. I said, <laughs> I need my own pineapple cream cheese cake right Ooh, there. Okay. Pineapple cream cheese. That, that cake is ridiculous. Yeah, I bet. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, uh, first of all, the session you did um, was absolutely amazing. And the thing that really jumped out, and we've had this conversation before, when someone wants to put you in a box right and they only see you as this enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm signing up and playing is so easy simply sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matter more than ever place your money line prop and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet betmgm and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. As opposed to, wait a minute, I can do all of this. Right. And a lot of people... Um, are afraid to actually let somebody know that yeah. and tell them, I, I can do more than one thing. You know, if you look at what has worked well in the, in, in the black community, it is diversified modeling. Whether you're talking about Serena Williams or Oprah Winfrey or Puffy or it doesn't matter what the industry it is, the more diverse you are and the more you are true to your core and not allowing yourself to be locked in the more productive you can be. You can only be on the stage for a short period of time, but you can be the stage the rest of your life. That was um, that was a video I saw, I think uh, it was Jay-Z, and he said, some people go with the flow or you can be the flow. Right, there you go. How can you top that line? <laughs> yeah, you wanna be, you wanna be the flow. And I think what happens is in the process of going with the flow, you meet the people that makes it possible to form the partnerships to be the flow. And there's a jump off point. And I think we focus on when to get in, but the smartest thing in the world is to know when to get out. Right. Yeah, you gotta know when to stop playing the game and start coaching. Right. You gotta know when to stop following the drum major and start beating the drum. And if you can sense that and figure it out and the conditions around you help you to know like COVID, this was a moment of disruption yep. and understanding how to benefit from the disruption rather than to be destroyed by it yep. is, is what I'm writing about now, is disruptive thinking. Well, there were a lot of black churches that the silver lining, COVID forced them to catch up. Right. They were ignoring digital. They were ignoring streaming. And I remember I was getting phone calls left and right uh, because people would hit me. They were like, Roland you were properly prepared for this. We launched this September 2018. We go through 19. So when 20 hit, all these other people were interviewing interviews via FaceTime and Skype. We were already doing that. Right. And so they were calling me up for advice and counsel. And I said, if y'all want to survive, you're, if you're going to have to do this, you have no choice That's to right. now do it. That's right. And what it has done, it has sped up what was going to happen in eventually anyway. The digital uh, influence is taking over big box stores, airports, grocery stores, everywhere. We cannot be naive enough to think we're going to be the only institution right. that's not affected by it. Taxis were ate up by Uber. Look at all the changes that technology is bringing about. I'm trying to get our people to understand you either fight the flow or you get with the flow, and the flow is going toward technology. 
I'm old school. I like face-to-face. -face. I like shaking hands. I like hugging people, touch your neighbor. But the reality is it's not about what I like. It's about what the society demands at this time. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things that was very interesting when um, you were talking about haters uh, and, 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 and what people, how they want to draw from you. And, and I really do, for me, People, people ask me all the time, like, man, I mean, how do you deal with these people hating? I said, look, y'all, I've been writing commentaries since I was 17 years old. I've been giving my opinion uh, for a long time. I really don't care. Right, right. I said, and when you don't, when you don't care, then I'm not trying to make you happy because mm -hmm. my philosophy is if you do good, I'm going to talk about you. Mm -hmm. If you do bad, I'm going to talk about you. Mm -hmm. And then day, I'm going to talk about you. Mm -hmm. and, and when you're building something, uh, you, if you get caught up in that nonsense, then actually you stop being focused on building. You took the words out of my mouth and focus is a critical thing. And anytime you're about to get there, there's always a distraction. Sometimes it comes to a hater, sometimes it comes to a sickness, sometimes it comes to a family issue, but distractions come to break your focus because you are so close. How have you, because I was having this conversation earlier with someone, a CEO once said, and I've seen you do this, so I know you can speak to this. A CEO once said, the people that made me a $500 million a year corporation are not the same people that can take me to a billion. And I've seen people who worked with you who no longer work with you. Mm -hmm. How have you walked people through the understanding that you're great, you're wonderful, but I have, I've now gone to another level, and the reality is you can't go with me. You don't have the you don't have the skill set needed for me to go to the next level. And it's hard for some people to deal with that because they say, wait a minute, but I've been loyal to you. Right. But and yes, you have been and you've been a great worker and I've compensated you fairly for it. But I'm trying to go here and you actually can't go with me. Right. That's hard for a lot of people to make have to make that decision. You know, it is and it isn't. The it's your responsibility to grow with me so you can go with me. You can't go with me if you don't grow with me. If you see me growing, you may have to take classes, you may have to get on LinkedIn in order to keep up. If you want to be with me in that way, you need to go with me. If I have to let you go, understand it's never personal. Maintaining a personal relationship, a friendship, we can still be friends. You can work over for AT&T or for uh, GM or somebody like that, and we can still be friends. I'm not mad at you. I'm not angry with you. I don't dislike you. It's just for where I'm trying to go. Right. Your skill set doesn't fit. I think a lot of times, when, because we have been rejected so much, we have rejection issues. When they find out that you can preserve the relationship and it still be a different relationship from a work relationship, right. sometimes it eases the pain. Some people are petty. They're just going to be mad and be haters. You can't worry about them. I think that when John talks about reboot, I use the phrase reprogram. And I really do believe that black America needs a massive reprogram in that uh, not believing in white validation, not mm -hmm. believing that uh, the ice is colder, uh, and also not being hung up on, well, that's a bigger platform. People have come to me and said that, but man, I wish you were on a bigger platform. I said, yeah, but you don't understand. I own it, I control it, I have freedom, I have flexibility. Even if they were paying me $10 million, I wouldn't have all of that. Right. And it's hard for people to understand 
that what I'm thinking, and they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, but you don't understand. That ain't my motivation. Right. It's something else. You know, if you're not careful, you'll live everybody's dream but your own. And I think it takes great courage and great focus to follow your dream and your values and what's important to you. And it may not be about money. It may be about independence. It may be about your uniqueness. And to, to have the freedom to do that is your God-given right, your choice to choose. And people don't get it, that's okay. The people who get it are going to get benefit from it. The people who don't, it's a big world. It's 8 billion people here. Find somebody else. Last question for you. How do you maintain the desire? And what I mean by that is things can get, can get monotonous. Mm -hmm. You've been preaching a long time. Um, you've been in business. But for you, how are you, not anybody external, but how, how do you maintain your personal <laughs> desire and where that, where that fire is burning inside and it doesn't just, you just reach a, a comfort zone where you're on autopilot? Yeah, you know something, I'm laughing because if you'd have asked me that question three years ago, I don't think I would know how to answer it. I realized as I got older that I've been raised by the giants. And what I mean by that is what keeps me fresh is the giant that's in front of me. And I have to have something that's big and scary and intimidating that makes me read and study and pray. You, got, you want to take down something. Yeah, I got to take down something, dude. And, and so, so now I'm at this point in my life, this real estate stuff that I'm doing, this uh, intervention into our communities for the upraising of underserved communities, it's a giant for me, you know? And gosh, I'm 65 years old, and I still get to be in a fight that I believe has value. Closing food deserts, opening up schools, creating better opportunities for the next generation. Maybe it's an old man's dream because it's more about the people coming after me than right. it is me, but it's a giant. And I found out- You also see something new. Yeah. I can tell you like, okay, I don't know this. So it's like, you're, 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 you're educating like, so it's, it's a new thing. Yeah, and right. it keeps you fresh to be curious, to have something you're curious about. I think what makes you bored is when you're, when you know the industry so well, there's nothing to be curious about. Mm, mm. That's the time to evolve to mm. something new where you're not the smartest guy in the room. You want to be in a room where you're scared to say something. You want to be in a room where you're Googling terms. You want right. to be in a room because it gives room for expansion and growth and development. And I like living that way. It gets my adrenaline going. I don't want to be a Baptist preacher. I am going to ask one final question. That wasn't a final <laughs> question. But it... It, it really resonated me when you when you mentioned your father. Yeah. I have a hashtag. I call it live life, love it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I turned 54 in November. Um, and it's very interesting because ever since my grandfather, my grandfather was the first major death I had when I was 15. And actually a fear of death kicked in at that point. And it's, all, it's, it's always been there. But, but, it, but it was what you said was also, it resonated because you said by watching him die and labor to live gave you life yes and it's i, I run into so many people they be like man what, man you out there dancing and party having a good time i said because i may not be able to, da to dance tomorrow right right i said so there's gonna be some video of me getting down yeah I, and, and i just think that 
it, it, for, for so many people not understanding that there is no day, no hour, no minute, no second. No. And so having that joy and happiness and, and living it to the fullest is so essential. And that's what really jumped out when you, you said that. You know, one of the things that my father told me as he was dying, he said, by the time I figured out what life was all about, it was time to go. That scared me to death. Mm. I thought I got to figure it out quicker than that. Right. Because I don't want to figure it out on my deathbed. Right. So I start the zest for life, the zeal for life, and the appreciation for life came through the tears of grief falling down my face. I never thought that a dying father could teach me so much about living, mm. but he did. He really did. It's always good to see you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure, it's a man. Keep handling your business. Thank you. All right, then. Thank you all. All right, folks, always glad to see Bishop T.D. Jakes. Uh, coming up next on Roland Martin Unfiltered, I talked with Angela Yee. She recently left the Breakfast Club. She's launching her own midday show on iHeartRadio. Folks, she's doing some amazing things. I think you're going to enjoy my conversation with Angela Yee. That is next right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered, uh, broadcasting live from the Global Hope Forum in Atlanta on the Black Star Network. We'll be right back. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, inflation is on the rise. Interest rates are high. Can you still thrive during these uncertain times? On the next Get Wealthy, you're going to meet a woman who's done just that, living proof of what you need to do to flourish during these uncertain times. These are times where you take advantage of what's going on. This is how people get rich or richer. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. This is Judge Matthews. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mac Wild. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. Eee. Welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network, folks. Angela Yee, she's worked for Sirius XM Radio. Uh, you, you've seen her on The Breakfast Club, but now she's embarking on a new opportunity, the host of her own show on iHeartRadio. Here's our conversation about that and some other stuff as well. So, Angela, new beginnings. <laughs> um, you on The Breakfast Club how long? Uh, for, they say 13 years. I thought it was 12 but I'm not sure. <laughs> it, it was interesting. A, a lot of people, and I guarantee you, you've already heard this. People will say, Angela, why are you doing this? Why would you leave this popular show? Oh, my God, you, you're at the heights. But, but the fact of the matter is, you're now going to be centered. Yeah, it'll be my own show with my name on it. And people told me that when I left Sirius. I had my own show at Sirius, The Morning After with Angela Yee, and I left that show to go to iHeart. And people told me, why are you leaving a successful show where you're the main person, it's not going to work. So I feel like a lot of times you have to go with what you want to do, what's in your heart, what's in your gut. If you start listening to what everybody else has to say and second-guessing yourself and thinking too hard, I'm a big fan of just, I want to do something, let's right. go for it. But also, I... I most people also, I, I was having this conversation with Major, and I told him, I said, the two words that I've always had in my career, I mean, from the beginning, were freedom and flexibility. Mm -hmm. And what folks don't understand is um, different shows have different rhythms, and they flow totally different. Uh, and when, so going from that, going to the Breakfast Club and now transitioning your own show, 
it's about different speeds and rhythms based upon where we are also in our life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think from my new show, it's way up with Angela Yee. I do really want to focus on financial empowerment, on entrepreneurship. That's going to be something on my show my that you'll see a lot of. Yeah, and yep. obviously I'm going to have Roland Martin on a lot, okay, as much <laughs> as his schedule allows. But it's nice for me to be able to curate the content that I want. You know, we have. Okay, um, so I, I want you to. St- I want you to look right there. <laughs> Say that again. My curating the content because people don't understand what that means. Right, because right now I'm on a show, well, I was on a show, and there's three of us, and so everybody has different things that's important to them, different agendas, and for myself, I have my own thing that I want to do, and there's things that I might feel like are important to me as a black woman and say, this is what I want to do, but for them, they because they're men, they may not understand it, and I'm not even saying that in a negative way, it's just, is what there's things that they want to do that I might not really... Look, understand. When, when Megan and Harry got married, my, <laughs> no, seriously, my producer came to me and he said, you know, we really should go big on this. And I was like, no. And he goes, well, he goes, you know, Roland, you know, the women in the office are discussing it. I was like, well, they can get their own show. And because, and, and the reason, mm-hmm. and I had to walk him through, I said, listen, <laughs> I don't give a damn about no royal wedding. It would be really weird for me if I would have seen you, like, going really hard discussing that. Yo, I just did. It I just mean, doesn't fit you. I mean, I just did. I, I, I didn't even do much of anything when Queen Elizabeth died. Because, right. again, because my, just what you just said, for me, my whole deal is I've got two hours. Right. And there's so much stuff happening with black people. that, And you know what? If you want to watch that, go to CNN. Yeah, there's a space for that. Go to and all- we didn't do a lot when Queen Elizabeth died either. You know, it was in the news, and we mentioned it, but it wasn't the focus at all. And it was all over the news every day, nonstop. And I, matter of fact, I think, I think our most viewed... Uh, segment was why do black people care about Queen Elizabeth? And it was I like they got big views, but it was just it was. And, and, I, and I walk people through that, and it's just like for me, I don't, I don't care, I don't care who you marry, I don't care if y'all have a baby, I don't care if you come out. Even Diddy right care. now? No, I'm playing with you. I, he will. I sent him a text. But I will never discuss it on the show. Right. I mean, because right. I mean, my whole deal is, and I say, hey, if you want that. Go to E, go somewhere else, but I'm going to give you, this is where we're going to focus on, and you know what you're going to get. Right. And it might sacrifice views uh, and clicks or whatever, but I just my whole deal is just, that's just not my thing. Although sometimes there is like an intersectionality between what's happening in pop culture and in politics. Right, but it, but it has to... It has to make sense for you. Like really you would cover Dave Chappelle talking about Herschel Walker on his SNL intro speech. I feel maybe. like that... That's something because that was interesting, or why people right. like Trump. So, or, or like, so, I did a whole hour after the Chris Rock Will Smith deal. Yep. But I wanted to, do, I wanted to do it totally different. Than I knew how everybody else was going to do it. Exactly. And also because I knew I know both of them. Mm-hmm. So my whole, so my approach to if it is pop culture, I try to do it differently than how I'm not doing salacious because I just right. don't care. It's so much of that, and I think we 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 get so much of that information, which is why we were talking about my, my last appearance, like, I was still just blown away <laughs> how people were responding. They were like, yo, I we were getting it. the real, and it's just like... I love, I always was like, we need Roland up here more often. Because I honestly love the fact that you can say, look, where are the facts? We can say, they said this, they said that, and that's happening all over, but what are the actual facts? And that's important, and that's something people need to get to. Where can I see, or where can I hear this information firsthand from where it came from? And I can go look online and see what's actually happening in the government. So you can critique things all you want, and we should, but make sure you're critiquing that with actual facts. I remember remember on social media when it blew up 
Angela Yee's out of the Breakfast Club. <laughs> First thing I did, text, you leaving? <laughs> and again, so my whole yeah. view is always, I'm going to check check on it first versus just running with it because so many people just run with stuff all the time with somebody dies mm -hmm. or something else. Everybody wants to be first, too. Everybody wants to be the first to report something. So yeah. I want to ask you, do people... Be the first, but be right. Do people ever get mad at you for anything like that you report? Because you do know people and you reach out to people and not necessarily that it's a friendship, but has anyone ever been like really irate about something. Oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. <laughs> um And do you sometimes what, have to hold back because of your relationships? No, I, I I don't um I'm trying to think. I mean there have been people who have been been upset with when I've like when I went off on when I went off on um Revolt when they got the um, the death of Biz Markie wrong. Oh right. Um, It'll never it, be on Revolt it, again. Did it, <laughs> it, it, it find out later? But it, but, it, but we were fine because I came and here's the whole deal. I'm gonna come back at you. Right. And my because because me was about a standard thing. Uh, and it's in the same thing. Like yo, get it right. Because for me, I also. It's even extra for me with black media. Right. Because people are trusting us. And when we get it wrong, I'm like, no, we got to get that thing right. But I, was, I would say I've had people who, um, who are ticked off if, if I might go hard in my commentary. But I also make, but, but they, they also have to understand it ain't personal. My philosophy is very simple. If you do good, I'm going to talk about you. <laughs> and if, I feel if, like people, if, yeah. if you do bad, I'm going to talk about you. And I feel like people get mad at us more than mainstream media if we report on something. Even it's not our fault that, you know, sometimes everyone's talking about something and it's not in a positive light. And so you report on it. But for some reason, we are held to like a different. Oh, yeah, because they, because they want us to protect. I'm like, well, yeah, but you screwed up. Like, I'm, so I'm not going to sit here and uh, also I think there's a difference between some people and how they go overboard. Right, malicious as, intent. As, as, as opposed to. I'm offering a critique. Uh, I'll get people like, I'll, perfect example. Uh, um, I'm not going to name his name, but a very prominent attorney came up to me at the Alpha Luncheon <laughs> from the CBCF, was upset with my criticism of Florida A&M. Okay. Big alum, big donor, all that sort of stuff. Also an Alpha. And Yes, also an Alpha. And I literally was like, you want to have this conversation right now? <laughs> Let me tell you what I didn't say. And so by, by, after about 15 minutes later, he was like, okay, roll. Okay. You got it. And my whole deal was like, bro, don't roll up on me. <laughs> Man. And I'm like, what did I say was wrong? Yeah, but did you have to put it out there? Yes. Right. And, you know, Roland, for you, I feel like you've always had a really strong opinion on things. And I love watching your show and listening to you speak. But I also feel like because of that. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every Every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You get a lot of hate from the other side, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. How, Does that ever affect you? No, it doesn't affect me. Because the reality is, look, I went to communications high school. I've been writing commentaries since I was 17. So I've been getting hate since I was 17. Right. Uh, I, I worked for the local newspaper in college. <laughs> I wrote columns then blasting Clarence Thomas and others and I was getting I was getting hate letters to the edit, letters to the editor um, when I was in college. In fact, the fu- the Texas A&M band played uh, Dixie at halftime. And I wrote a column in the school paper blasting their ass. So I came home my brother was like <laughs> What your ass do? I was like, "What you mean?" He's like, "Bruh, the answering machine <laughs> is Phil." And I was like, "Yes, good." So, I know. Listen, that's good hate. I feel like, and I've always said this: when certain people hate me, that's what you want. I feel. But then, but then you got, but then you got the black. I don't hate. want. I don't want certain people to agree with me or be on my yeah, side. I'd yeah. rather you not. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna be. For me, I'm not gonna be nasty about it. But, but when I go there, do understand, I'm a, I'm a back it up. Right. And if you come at me, I'm not backing down, because. You didn't like what I have to say. I remember Bernice, this Bernice King. <laughs> so I, I, I ripped the King children um, over licensing and stuff along those lines. So we're at the 50th anniversary of the March in Washington. And so they had two marches there. One Saturday, Sharpton had his march, and they had the actual, the real one on, uh, the major one on Monday. And so Bernice King, Martin Luther King, saw him third, he's like, he like, you know, y'all don't walk in our shoes. The stuff y'all say, I said, what did I say that was wrong? So then Bernice came up to me, and Bernice, she goes, um, you, know, you know, I still love you, but y'all don't realize stuff is hard. I said, Bernice, I said, you see all these people here? Everybody here know I will get in that ass if I have to. <laughs> and I said, Bernice, there's going to come a day 
when you going to want me to get in somebody's ass on your behalf? Mm -hmm. I said, now, what do you want? You want me to be somebody who's going to pull back? This, straight, this was a Saturday. I said, that's going to come a day when you're going to call me and you're going to want me to light somebody's ass up. Three days later, <laughs> three days later, her brother sued her and tried to get her fired from the MOK Center. And you know my petty ass. I know. I went. See the text, I went. <laughs> Remember what I said? <laughs> And I lit into her <laughs> brothers for the lawsuit. But it was three days. I said, yeah, three see? days later. I said, see, I told you. No. You know, but that, so, so that's why, so for me, I don't sweat it because somebody has to speak truth. And if it's, if it's truth and it, yeah, it's not malicious, right. I'm not trashing you, but if, I'm just going to give you hardcore truth. That's how we're going to do it. All right. Well, I really just came here to make sure that when Way Up with Angela Yee starts, I can expect to see Roland Martin on there Yo, all getting in people's ass. All you, look, <laughs> all you got to do is call me. I mean, that's the thing. My deal is yeah. I'll be happy to come on. Uh, and look, my philosophy is, I, first question, how much time we got? If it's five minutes? No. If it's 15, we're going to bring that <laughs> funk. We're going to bring the funk during the time. So, first of all, so when does the show start? So the show is going to be first, before we um, syndicate it nationally, it'll be in New York for two weeks. Got so it. So January 17th, two weeks in New York. It's and a then morning show? Or it's is from it 10 to 2, right after the breakfast midday club. Midday show. Gotcha. Yes. And so, and it'll be a podcast as well. So gotcha. just the same way all the shows are now available on podcasts and iHeart, cool. which is how a lot of people listen. Yep. That's why they're building out this slot the way that they are. Got it. And so um, it'll be on... And, uh, it'll be on nationally after that, starting awesome. the 30th. Now, I got to ask you this here, because I, I, I crack up. I literally crack up every time I see one of these damn clips. So how did your podcast go <laughs> to become the freakiest podcast <laughs> in the land? Because I'm telling you, when I see a clip, I'm like, Lord, they done lost. Well, wait till them. tomorrow when you see Glorilla. <laughs> oh, Lord. Because wait, because wasn't AJ on uh, your podcast? Oh, yes, yeah, she was. AJ Johnson. Mm-hmm. Her 50th birthday. I sent AJ a text. I said, AJ, you had me hollering. <laughs> and she, then AJ was like, I need to come back to explain this some more, you know, because people really had an issue with it. But it does show you what type of misogynistic society we have, where if a man said something like that. Oh, I remember. So when, Wap, so when WAP came out. Mm -hmm. So I remember. Uh, first of all, Boyce Watkins is an idiot. We already know that. But when Snoop Dogg criticized it, and I was like, yo, hold up, Snoop. I know. Wait, we can't be criticized. I was like. The stuff you you done rapped about, and it was like, but 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 so part of the whole deal is this 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 idea that women cannot talk freely and openly about sexual desires. That's and what why they I started my podcast. Honestly, I actually started that when I was at Sirius. It was a nighttime show once a week, and. It, it was. It started off as a segment on the show when I was on with Cypher Sounds, and then they made it into a full show on its own because it was so popular. And it was really a space. The way that I started it was I felt like a lot of women were being seen but not heard. A lot of the video vixens, the women mm -hmm. in the magazines, artists, everybody. People were lusting after these women, but nobody cared about what they had to say. Right. And so I started Lip Service as a way for women to have a voice, for people to see their personality and help elevate them to another level, but to also not feel ashamed to have certain conversations that it was always okay for men to have, but for women, we right. were not supposed to do that. And I feel like it's done a lot of great things. It's, I think, been educational. There's women who have told me they've learned so much just from listening to the show. There's men who, thank God, have learned a lot, too, because y'all needed some help. But, um, yeah, no, so no. it's benefited when everyone. She said, when she said, y'all <laughs> needed some help. 
she looking at that camera. <laughs> Y'all men. Because I look, I, I look, I ain't look. I, first <laughs> don't of all, do it, Roland. Don't no, act no. like you know everything. No, no, okay? no, no, no. One doesn't know everything. Cause but, they said. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I'm look, all, I can count mine. Uh, but I, I look, I look, look, I, You can I, count high too. I, I know I don't I ain't, ain't no, look, count high. <laughs> I remember I was in um I remember I was in college. And his, old, his older sister was like, I can teach you a few things. Now, because me being a reporter, I look, she's about six, seven years older than me. I said, hold on. Went to my bed, got my reporter's notepad. I was like. Teach me. I said, I take copious notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I was like, oh, you want to be smart with me? I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm I got you. you. Oh, yeah, we take copious notes. And here we are now. <laughs> Well, look, 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 looking forward to it. Uh, again, it is it is something that that is awesome and liberating when you're sitting in this driver's chair yes. and you get to, or as uh, what's um, what's my man uh, Eddie Glaw was on my show, and he was like, "This is jazz." He said, "Watching is like watching Miles Davis." So when when you're conducting, yeah, that's what other people don't understand. Successful shows really are about you conducting. Right, it's not you driving. Is really bringing in other characters and conducting the whole flow uh, and, uh, and, just, and just making it pop. Right. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. I have like a thousand different things that I already have planned that I want to do. You are included in those plans. And well, you so, know, all you got to do is hit me. <laughs> and I ain't, I ain't that person. You got to call me a week in advance. You could be like, yo. <laughs> Can you come on in an hour? All right, I'll be up. I'll be up. And, but thank God it's a midday because I don't really wake up till about 9. Okay, so perfect. That, that works perfectly because that early morning stuff, it's I don't a, know how in the hell our, I did. Listen, I don't know how I did it as long as I did. I am not a morning person. I did that for 19 years of mornings. And are you a morning person or night no, person? No, I am not. I, I'm the same way. I, I am not a morning person. I, I mean, you hit me at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, yo, what up? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like not me. You like I ain't that much of a night yeah, person. Not, I, I get a, eight o'clock is good. Oh, eight a.m. I'm oh. saying I wake up like if I could wake up every morning at eight a.m. Perfect. Nah, give me about. But I I get up earlier than that. Give me about ten ten thirty. I'm good. Because <laughs> I, I I don't go to bed until five o'clock. So. Oh no, not me. Okay. All right, darling. It was good to see you. Well, good to good see luck. you too, Roland. Thank you. I cannot wait for it uh, for for it to drop. Uh, and uh, you it's will be, be at that launch fun. party too because we need your dancing skills. Well, you know I ain't. You know. <laughs> I do got blue suede shoes on, <laughs> and they're not for Elvis. So, good to see you, though. You too. Thank you. I appreciate you. it. I was always glad to see Angela, and trust me, I look forward uh, to being a regular on her show on iHeartRadio. All right, folks, got to go to break, pay some bills, and we come back. Motivational speaker and entrepreneur Willie Jolly is going to drop some pearls of wisdom for us. Trust me, you don't want to miss the second half of this uh, second hour. Don't, don't forget, support us in what we do, folks, and that is join our Bring the Funk fan club. Also, download our app. You can download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. You can, of course, also uh, get our uh, download, join our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, your dollars make it possible for us to travel and do this show all across the country. So send your check-in money order to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. And of course, get a copy of my book, White Fear, How the Brownie of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. It's available at uh, all bookstores, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Download your copy on Audible. Uh, folks, and also, if y'all watching on uh, YouTube, hit the like button. 
We should be at 1,500 likes every single day. Hit the like button, folks, because it helps us with our algorithm. So I appreciate that. We'll be right back. On the next A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, tis the season, tree trimming, party going, and gift giving. And I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes it can be overwhelming. And sometimes it's just downright exhausting. Surviving the holiday season, we got tips for you for staying sane, solvent, striving, and thriving, and sometimes keeping a little money in your pocket. Two things just out of the gate, set boundaries and set a budget. On a next A Balanced Life right here on Black Star Network with me, Dr. Jackie. Hi, I'm Israel Houghton with Israel and New Breed. What's up, what's up? I'm Dr. Ricky Dillard, the choir master. Hey, yo, peace world. What's going on? It's the love king of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. Welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting from the Global Hope Forum here in Atlanta. Folks, well, Willie Jolly, you've seen him on my show many times. He is an amazing speaker, always lots of energy, always positive. Uh, and, and we really talked about how we need to be in, intentional in changing our mindset in the black community. Uh, here is part one of my conversation with Willie Jolly. Willie, how you doing, Doc? I'm incredible, Roland. It's good to see you. Man, so I, I, I'm a bit perturbed. Here's why. You know, I've had a lot of people, not just here, but a lot of places I've been recently. They come up to me and they say, I got a podcast or I want to do a show with you, and um, I've been doing it about six months, but, uh, but I can't get on a major platform. And, and I look at them, and I, and, I, and I try not to cuss them out. <laughs> but, I, but I literally have to explain to folk, it's, it wasn't designed to be easy. No, it's not. And I tell them, I'm like, y'all, this didn't just happen. happen. That's right. I mean, even like I, I've even tried to walk people through just these light panels aren't the light panels we started with. That's right. That's we didn't have a step and repeat when we started. That's right. We didn't have we, we didn't have these pop up <laughs> or these chairs. We didn't have those C300 cameras. Right. Uh, we had two levels below. We None of I'm like, y'all, this. It, and so it, it, it literally drives me crazy when folk today just think. It's just, you, they're just going to wake up, and you're just going to be large and in charge. Right. It's, it's a process that they don't understand because it, it looks easy because when you do it well, when you do it well like you do it, and they think, well, it's easy. They just get up in front of a mic, and they talk, and people will give them money, and, and, and it's not that way. I started at XM 16 years ago. And I had, I had tried for two years to get on and couldn't. And I got in on a back door. And then you, here's the key. You got to make it a commitment to excellence. Right. The key is a commitment to excellence right. and, and to be willing to do the uncomfortable in order to get to do the comfortable. And, and that's the thing that, um, you know, I say, you know, I'll have folk, especially a lot of young folk, yeah. who say, you know, I want to do what you do. Yes. And then my response is, but do you want to do what I do? Uh, or do what you had to do to no, no, get no, to do no, what no. you But even still, do you want to do what I do? Okay. Do you, do you want to actually do that work? Do you want to carry that equipment? Do you want to? Uh, we were here in Georgia covering the, the Warnock 
uh, runoff, and this guy said, man, I, man I, I'm really impressed. Uh, I, I'm seeing you pack gear. I and have I said, well, two of my guys had to fly out. One guy left. The gear got to get packed. <laughs> like, I, I, I mentioned you one day on one of my shows. I said the secret to success is when you are willing to do the grunt work to make sure your operation. I saw. I said. I mentioned you. I said I saw Roland one day at, at Freedom Plaza. Roland was rolling up cords, putting stuff away. It was hot day. He was working. We gave each other a hug, and he went back to work. I saw Miss Virginia Ali at Ben's Chili Bowl, busting the tables. Ninety years old, right? Still busting tables. I said, Miss Miss Ali, you no, 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 no. I got it. That's how you get to where it right. is. So what what I want to encourage people to do is this. I got a new book coming out called "Rich Is Good." Wealthy is better. And in that, I'm talking to people about the fact that there are levels of thinking that you must grow. There are five levels of money that we think about. We got the indigent who think day to day, give me enough money to, uh, to, make, to eat today, and they got a cardboard box. You give them some money, and they do that every day. Then you got the poor who think month to month, did I get my welfare? Did I get a snap? And then they got to do that every month. Then you got the middle class who think year to year, did I get a cost of living raise? Then you get the rich who tend to think decade to decade, usually right. in sports. They get a $10 million, uh, I mean, $100 million 10-year contract. They balling for, for 10 years. But what happens after those 10 years <laughs> right. if you don't modify? But then you get the wealthy, who right. are you and Miss Ali, who are willing to do the things that think generationally. And then my goal in this book is to get each level to come up one level because it'd be too big a gap or jump right. from the indigent to go to wealthy. But if I can get the indigent to go to 30 day and the 30 day to go to yep. year, that's what we got to get people to do. I, I, Raise I, their I, thinking. I, I posted, um, uh, it was a video or a photo, I can't remember, on Instagram. And I, I said I was, it, it was like three or four o'clock in the morning. Uh, I've been up at nights because I was thinking about the third and the fourth quarter of 2023. Right. And how to pay staff. There you go. How to. How to be payroll. How, how are we going to do this? How are we going to grow? And so all of a sudden people start texting me. Yo, Roland, you okay? You okay? And I said, well, first of all, I said, I'm fine. I said, but I need y'all to understand that's what owners do. That's what they do. They I said, I'm not just thinking about. I'm not just thinking about, okay, well, what's going to happen in January? I'm literally sitting here now, okay, what's going to be our tax liability? What can I pay off now right. that's going to lower my tax threshold, bring it down to zero versus sending uh, $100,000, dollars $400,000 to Uncle Sam, right. and, which is a waste. I, I, I'm like, guys, that's how you have to be thinking. That's I mean, how you I mean, I'm, be thinking. I mean, there are times, sometimes when, when it's, it's hard for me to sleep because I'm literally thinking about, 2023, 2024, and and I just, and, and again, I, I just it 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 irks me when people just walk up and they think it's just, it's just going to happen. I literally had somebody say, you know, I want to I want to get my show on a major platform, but it's hard. And I said, it's supposed to. It is hard. I'm like, well, what are you, you know, like I tell them all the time, you know, it was four years. Yeah. Before I got signed at CNN. Yes. That was four years of free appearances yep. on CNN, MSNBC, 
Fox, uh, BBC, BET, on and on and on. Right. And I'm like, y'all, th th that's the work you got to put in. That's right. To go to the next level. And, right. and I just think, really, a lot of folk, they want the recognition. Yeah. They want folk taking selfies with them. I'm like, but you got to do all that stuff you that leads up it. to that. Absolutely. You got to do it, and you got to get a mindset. So that's the thinking that I want people to get. What I do and what you've encouraged people to do, because we've done a number of events together, is change your mindset. Your thinking determines your results, good or bad. If you think, and who you hang out with also determines your results. If you hang out with nine losers, you're going to be number 10. That's for sure. So you want to be around people who are thinking, who are talking about ideas, about what's possible and how to grow. And that's why I'm glad to see you here at this Hope uh, Global Forum because the people who are here are, are, are making stuff happen and are, are trying to make stuff happen. See, I, I think that the, the idea of how do you think differently, I, I've said this numerous times, that really what black America desperately needs, J John, John likes to say, John Hope Bryant, yeah. he likes to say, we need a reboot. Right. I like to say... Uh, that uh, what we desperately need is we need a complete reframing. I call it a reorganization. Some call it a rebirth. Uh, but, but, but we absolutely need to have a completely transform in terms of how we think. Right. Because I, I think what I think what, what, what just what just happened, and, and I've, I've just talked to black people all over the place that so many are, are, are stuck because they are seeing it, but they're only seeing what's right in front of them. Right, right. They're not actually seeing what's behind, what's around the corner. Right. And as long as we continue operating with an old mindset, yeah. I, we're not going to be able to break through and move forward. Absolutely. You gotta think different. Now, I, I will tell actually, people- Actually, the phrasing I use is a reprogramming. Reprogramming. Scripture, that's scriptural. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, reprogramming, that you will be transformed by renewing, new, new thinking, transformational, pro reprogramming, a different mindset. Someone took and gave you a, a brain transplant. That's why I'm encouraging people to read more, encouraging right. people that the difference between the winners and the losers are those who are reading. Everybody I've had on my XM show talks about how their library has helped them to become wealthy. And so Jim Rohn used to say, if you go in a $10 million home, it always has a library. Now, does it have a, a library because it's a $10 million home, or did the $10 million home be, is the result of their library? And I believe it's the result of your oh, library. Oh, I agree, because I think what, what I mean, for me, what I learn reading, what I learn studying, what I learn other people's mistakes and processes yep. and where they failed. Um, um, you know, one of the one of the best book, best books I ever read. Um, um, it was called "You Know I'm Dead When I'm Stopped Talking," <laughs> uh, I love that. and um, it, it is uh, Jerry Weintraub, okay, movie producer, his promoter. And, and like and, and it really is an amazing book. I was I was reading it. I'm on a train going to New York, and I'm finishing the book. And I said, I gotta tell this man just how great his book is. So I'm seeing a book where his his office is. I think it was on the Warner Brothers lot. Uh -huh. So I I call call Warner Brothers. Right. That's what a, that's what a person and, like and, you and I do. And, and, just call. And I and I asked, must be Jerry Weintraub. 
He transferred me. The secretary answers the phone. And she says, uh, Mr. Weintraub is not in. So it probably was like 10 o'clock L.A. time. Uh-huh. And she, I said, well, this is who I am. Um, I just wanted to tell him how great his book is. And so left my information. About 30 minutes later, my phone rings. I'm still on the train. It's Jerry Weintraub. Wow. And I, I say to him, I said, look, you don't know me. I've seen your movies. I said, but your book should be required in MBA classes. Wow. It should be required. And he was like, oh, my God, really? I said, yes. I said, because the, the thing about reading the book, his whole deal was I've got to think my way out of a situation. He has right. this great story where John Denver was a pain in the ass. <laughs> okay. And they're on tour, and John Denver is calling, and the tour is going great, but John Denver is just complaining and whining. So Jerry's like, the hell? So he goes, John, everything is going to be fine. He said, I fired, I think it's, I think, I forgot the name, I think he said, I fired Johnny. Fired Johnny, everything is fine. I forget, it was some other name, but. Right. And so John, John Denver goes, it was Jimmy. He said, okay. I fired Jimmy. Okay. Jimmy was a problem. John, we're all good. So John Denver goes back, calls the whole crew together. Hey, folks, things are going to be fine. I talked, to, I talked to Jerry. He said, he's fired Jimmy. We're moving forward. There was no Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy did not exist. <laughs> he needed John Denver to calm his ass down. Right. And stop being a worry wart. Yes. And so when he told him that, but he had to figure out, how can I get this dude to focus on singing? Yeah. And I was, and, and, but it was just story after story like that. Wow. And it was just, just um, and, I, and I told, he, so he says to me, he says, hey, well, you ever get to L.A.? I was like, yeah, I get to L.A. He said, well, next time you come to L.A., I'm going to take, take you to my favorite lunch spot. He said, I never have to pay. I've got, I've got items on the menu. And that's what happened. Wow. I, I, I sent him an email. He gave me his phone number, gave yeah. me a cell, gave me his email. I sent him an email. said, hey, I'm coming to L.A. We met the restaurant. Had a two, two-and-a-half-hour lunch. He signed my book. I gave him my book. Amazing conversation. Wow. I stayed in contact with Jerry until he died. Wow. And I wrote a column in the rap when he died about that, and they called it Lunch with Jerry. And his family actually invited me to the funeral. Wow. I couldn't make it out, but I run to his son at George Lopez Golf Tournament, Michael Weintraub. Uh-huh. But, it, it, but, but just reading that book. Wow. Just opened my mind just to how he figured his... I gotta figure out a solution. That's right. To this problem, you know, and, and that's that's your, just reading. Just reading, and I'm encouraging everybody who's watching, who's listening, to make a commitment to become a reader. Readers are leaders, and you want to start reading not the Harlequin novels, not the uh, Shades of Grey. I, I don't read any of that. No, I, I don't. I no. don't. I don't read any fiction. No, I, I read nonfiction. I, I because. My deal is I need to be able to apply it. Apply application, you get it, the information, and then you have application, then you have manifestation, and then you have monetization. All right, folks, got to take a break. Uh, and when we come back, part two of my conversation with Willie Jolly, you can hear him on Sirius XM Radio, book author, you name it. And, man, he is dropping the knowledge. So hold tight one second. We'll be back in a couple of minutes uh, right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. 
When you talk about blackness and what happens in... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Black culture, we're about covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. This is a genuine people-powered movement. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting. You get it, and you spread the word. We wish to plead our own cause too long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in Black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Checks and money orders go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037- 0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. It's Kim Whitley. Yo, what's up? This your boy Ice Cube. Hey, yo, Peace World. What's going on? It's the Love King of RB, Raheem Devon. And you're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Uh, we continue with the conversation with Willie Jolly. I'm going to ask you this right here because I, I guarantee you get it all the time as well. 
everybody and their mama think they can speak. Oh, everybody and their mama think they can speak. And, everybody. And they, and they think... Oh, it's just, you're just getting up talking. Right. And they pay you a, a lot of money to get up and talk. I can do that? Okay, yeah, 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 okay. Without understanding that, like everything else, it is an art form, it is a craft. That's right. That you have to study. Yep. And you have to know when you walk, what's that audience? Yeah. Who came on before me? Right. How do they feel? Right. Am I between them and lunch? Yep. It's me. It's an art form. You just you not you're not getting up just talking. No, not if you're gonna hear those saying, and not if you're gonna be invited back. <laughs> so so what we encourage people to do is to learn and get mentors. Look, two ways to get to any goal in life: mentors and mistakes. Both will get you there. One just gets you there with less headaches, heartaches, and not subside your head. Mentors, get a mentor. Uh, Les Brown was a mentor to me. Ziegler, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's what I want to know though. Yeah. How did they become a mentor? Did they pick you no, or did you pick them? I pursued them. I pursued. Didn't just pick them. I, I chose them. I saw the people who had done what I want to do. Right. And then I pursued no, no, them. No, no, no. But you pursued them. But at some point, yeah, they, at some point, they had to make a decision. Yes. I'm willing. Because here's why I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah. I, I use the biblical model of mentorship. Okay. Elijah, yep. Elisha pursued Elijah. That's right. But Elijah had to see something in, in Elisha. Him. That's right. To want to actually take time. That's exactly right. Moses picked Jonathan. Yes. What it was it? So when people come to me all the time, I want to be my mentor. I don't know you. Right. I don't know you. I don't. I ain't seen you work. So <laughs> why am I going? to invest into you when I don't know you. Right. It does, it takes a process. And just what you said, I've got to see, I've got a number of mentees. I've got to see, I'm going to give you a task. I'm going to tell you to do something, and I want you to come back when that's finished. Most of them, like 90%, never do that task. Right. Okay. Oh, you got 97? Uh, I say 99.5. <laughs> and in fact, here's what I've discovered. It's the craziest thing. I've actually been a mentee in media to far more women than brothers. Wow, okay. Sisters will call me, hey, Roland, I got a contract issue. I'm working on this. It's amazing how many brothers got so much pride they won't pick the phone up. Wow, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Wow. I'm well, talking about I, sisters are like, hey, Roland, can you look over my reel? Yeah. Uh, can you look over this whole deal? And it's very few I've got two brothers in media. Wow, wow. Two brothers in media who I mentor, give advice to. Yeah. It's probably 10, 15 sisters. So brothers, you got to you know they're rolling. Now, we can't call them and just say mentor me. You got to say, what will it take for me to get your attention? Or what can I do to help you? Yeah. All right. And then you got to do something. You got to do something and do some action. I've got people come up and speak. And I, what I do, first of all, Roland, I say, you want to speak? Okay, I'm going to send you to a website. It's called youcanspeaknow.com. Youcanspeaknow.com. When you go to that website, get that program. When you finish the program and do what it say, I say do in that program, call me back. Very few. See, I, I stop even carrying business cards. <laughs> I understood. I don't carry business cards. Because I'm like, why, why am I going to print some stuff off and literally 
99.9% of folk never email, never. I'm like, no. So I'll tell people, they're like, how can I reach you? Send me an email. Right. And I'll give them the email. Right. And most of them never send an email. I just told the young lady who, who walked me over here, uh, I told her, I asked her while we were waiting, I said, tell me about yourself. And I said, what do you do? She said, I'm a TV producer. I said, where do you work? She said, well, I used to work for this one, and now I'm working here, uh, part of the program. I said, okay. Now, I said, this meeting, John Hope Bryant's Global Forum, incredible place to network. Here's what you got to do. Get the business card, and within 24 hours, right. send them a note. Give them a call. Right. 24 hours, because three days from now, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be in another right. one of these places. There you go. And I'm going to be in another group of people, and I'm going to forget all the people who That's didn't it. hit me. But if you hit me, I'm going to say, oh, that puts a, that puts an anchor right in my brain to say, oh, I remember that person. You, we talked after that. Oh, right. we communicated. Cool. What can I do to help you? I, oh, I, I, sometimes I'll say, hey, I got an opportunity. Somebody just came across there my you desk. Go. Let me send it. Let me connect you all right now. I, and I, I do the exact same thing. Yep. It, it is, the to me, part of the deal for folks who truly want to be successful it's the follow-up. That's right, the follow-up. Most people, they never, ever follow up. They never, or if, if they do, hey, I sent, you, I sent you an email one time. <laughs> right. Like, you know I get 500 a day. You didn't send a second one? <laughs> you know, again, and, and that's where persistence comes in. Yeah, persistence breaks down resistance, and persistence makes uh, opportunities come alive. Now, one of the things you just said I, I really love a lot is the fact that you've got to follow up and then you've got to make sure that I got it, okay? Because I sometimes I get email, go to spam. I might yep, try me go. again. And I told you if you reach out, I will respond. Just give me time. But you, but you also have to have something to say. Yeah. If you're trying to get somebody's attention and, and that person's a busy person, you need to have something to say. And don't take a long time saying it. There you go. Come on. I don't need two, three pages for you to tell me what you got. Make or, it a or paragraph. When, or when folk walk up, look, give me, uh, you better have your 30 second pitch. That's right. Pitch. You got a when 30 When they say, seconds. can I get five minutes? No. No. And I had, one guy got mad. I said, bro, I said, you see that line? I said, if each one of those folks in line asked for five minutes, that's an hour right there. Right. I said, no. <laughs> you got 30 seconds. Right. And it's like, man, he's so brusque. No, you got 30 seconds. Like, Doc, if you, if you cannot lay your thing out in 30 seconds. Well, which is why we're trying, and, and part of uh, what we treat, teach and train people, and you can get it on our website, the speaking programs, the goal-setting programs, the communication program. Be working on your elevator pitch. That's it. Literally. And they say elevator pitch, yeah. I got on the elevator, National Press Club. One day, got on the elevator, and who's there but Bishop Desmond Tutu. And I said, Bishop Tutu, I'm Dr. Jolly, host of the Willie Jolly Show on Sirius XM, Radio 1, iHeart, and I wrote books. I wrote the book of Setback, Set Up for a Comeback. I love to be able to help you as you do things to transform South Africa. He said, give me your card. I gave him my card. He said, thank you very much. And he got off the elevator. His door opened. He was out. Six months later, I was in South Africa. Jeff, folks, it makes a difference. Have your 30 second. Make it short see, and tell uh, them what you can do for them. Now, see, for me, because I ain't carrying the business cards, I will. this is what I do. I'm going to email you right now. Yep, there you go. Email. What's your email? I'm I email do it right, right then. Right that moment. And then I go, is this it? There you Double go. Double checking. Boom, clicks in. There you go. But again, that's. I, I just think that for so many people, they're missing their opportunity. Let me take a moment to do what I do on SiriusXM and say to you, Roland Martin, you've done a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. 
of turning setbacks into incredible comeback. I study comeback stories. You know, I wrote the book Setback Set Up for Comeback. So you're with CNC, CNN for a while. And you're on, then you're on TV One for a while. Well, I was with TV One while I was at CNN. Okay. Oh, no. I was at TV One before CNN. Okay. I never left. All right. So all those deals ceased at some point in time, but you did not cease your dream, your vision. Tell us. Tell me how. Well, because, I, because it was never a setback. Oh, okay. Good. Tell me. So it was never a setback. Okay. The, the, day I, the day I... So you take TV One. Yeah. Jonathan... Jonathan Rogers became the, the founding CEO of TV One. Right. Jonathan calls me when they, when they agreed to the deal. So I knew before the even name existed. Okay. Jonathan says, your voice is important. I'm going to put you on the network. I got I to gotta get this thing off the ground first. So join TV One. I'm doing interstitials. That leads to doing a weekly show. Leads to doing specials. Then leads to a weekly show. We do the weekly show, Washington Watch, for four years. And then I knew in 2012 I was ready to host a daily show. I went to Wanya Lucas, who was now the CEO, because Jonathan retired, and I'm like, I'm ready to do it. Then uh, she got moved out. The following year, Alfred Liggins was like, well, hey, we want to launch this daily show. And then and it was interesting because in our first meeting, he said, hey, I, I want Sharpton to host the show, but you're going to have a role in it. And I said, no. Mm. I knew I was ready to be a host. Right. I was not, I was not going to be a sidekick. Right. Got it. And and he, oh, that's the point right there. And that was very you clear. Made, you made it clear what you wanted. And, and what that was clear. And he, and he goes, the second me, he like, damn, you sure threw cold water on my idea. <laughs> but I was very clear. Yeah. I, I totally understood that. And so then we did, we did that show for four years. When, so, so when I joined CNN, the day I joined CNN, and this is people don't understand, the day I joined a place... I'm already preparing for the exit. There you go. That's what I wanted to get to. Always. That's what I wanted to get to. Always. I tell every, it's going to end. Every media person, every time you get a job in media, I say, start planning your exit the day you get there. It's going to end. Plan. It's going to end. It's got to end. Nothing lasts forever. Very, very few shows go 10, 15, 20, 30 years, right. and then the host retires. That, I mean, it's, it, it's, I mean, very. So few. you start planning your literally, exit literally. the day you join the, the station. So when I join, so join CNN, I tell my agent, Mark Watts, okay, we're going to go get us a deal that matches or exceeds uh, the salary at CNN. Okay. Time to the morning show. Yep. We sign the time to the morning show deal. I say, we're going to go get another opportunity that matches or exceeds time to the morning show deal. Because I want to have a three, I, I had a 360 degree view. Okay. So I had TV One, Tom Jones Morning Show, CNN, published my own books, had my own speeches. Yeah. So the philosophy was, if any one of these ends, I just shift. There you go. So that's exactly. When, so when CNN, uh, when CNN, Jeff Zucker comes, I knew he wasn't going to keep me. Yeah. He was going to cut folks, cut salaries. So I leave in April 2013. We're negotiating the News One Now show. I had a publicist and a manager. They actually sent me a letter. Now, first of all, it was funny. I'd already dropped them. Mm. But they send me a letter, and they say, well, we're dropping you from this deal because your media profile has now lowered. Now, here was the crazy part. I lose CNN, but I signed a deal to host a daily syndicated radio show to Radio One, uh -huh. have the News One Now show, the first morning show talking to African Americans, and I'm on Tom Joyner. Yeah. And I go... How is my media profile lowered? In their mind, oh, because I wasn't on CNN. Right. I'm like, no, actually, it's gone higher because right. I'm now hosting my own show. Right. 
And so in their minds, oh, you're not as valuable. But I knew I was. Right. Even though I was at CNN, they wanted me to leave TV One. I said, why not? Why? Why am I going to give up my stuff on an idea of a promise? Right. No, I ain't going to do it. And so when News One Now ended December 2017, literally I'm sitting in the office and Alfred Liggins tells me they're canceling the show. I don't flinch. I don't move. It wasn't a punch to the gut. Literally, as he is talking, I am all, I, I'm literally listening to him and already saying who I'm going to call when I walk out of the meeting. Amen. That's, that's so, the, so it never, it never. So, folks, that's what I want you all to get it from It never was. So people th- people like, man, uh, I mean, you ain't not on major media. I'm like, okay, you don't understand. No. I, yeah. said, I own. That's the I key. control. That's what I, I wanted to get to. What I wanted, folks, to make sure you heard. You know, on my XM show, I pull the pearls that drop sometime by the side because you don't hear it. One, he had a plan, and he prepared for the I- inevitable, which was going to happen before it happened. I bought, I was acquiring, people don't understand, I was acquiring equipment. There you go. When I was at TV One, I literally, I bought my own cameras. Yes. I bought my own switcher. Good. I, so when it ended, yep. I could do my own productions and didn't have to go out and have to hire crews and rent equipment. Right. So basically, like, I mean, literally, this is what I said. I said, when CNN was not going to give me a daily show, go back to mindset. Right. I literally said, CNN is now my personal venture capitalist. <laughs> Love it. The 283000 I was getting at CNN, I began to acquire my own equipment. There you go. And, and then the same thing at TV One. Yep. So when the TV One show ended. Yes. And they wanted to sign me to a new deal, uh-huh. but they didn't have a plan. Yeah. I walked away from $330,000, and I said, y'all, you don't have a plan what I'm going to be doing. Right. And I already knew it was cheaper for them just to pay me every month and produce nothing. Wow. Wow. Because it happened before. Yeah. So I said, no. I walked away from it. So when I walked away and when we launched, I'd already, I had enough stuff to launch my show. Yeah. Because when I was there, I was buying stuff. And I was buying stuff piece by piece, that's, piece by piece. That's so it. So when it happened, I just shifted, shifted right over. So I want everybody to get to shift, to pivot, to think about the new ideas that you can uh, implement when this thing doesn't happen. So we've got now, I've got Jolly Media. I've got Jolly Publishing. I've got Jolly Music. I've got Jolly Speaking. I've got Jolly uh, uh, Podcasts. And then all of those radio shows with, through XM, Radio 1, iHeart, they license the content for Boom. mine. Hold up. Stop right there. Now, see? Somebody watching missed that. Yeah. You own it. I own it. They're licensing it. Yes. They're paying you a licensing fee. Yes. You still own it, which yes. means, which is why I try to explain to people, same thing. When I was at TV One, it was their show. Uh-huh. I was being paid by them. Right. They own the content. Yes. Now I own all the content. Hello. I can now. So if somebody comes to me, and they say, "Man, we want your we want your series Rolling with Rolling." Right. At Richard Roundtree and Jack Hay and Bill Duke and Laz Alonzo, Michael, even all the people we interviewed last year. Well, you pay me a licensing fee. License. I'm gonna still fee. own the content. I own the content. Which means that. Not I can only, repurpose it. I can repurpose it for any multiple purposes. And we talk about what you said earlier about generational. Yes. My estate 
will own, own my it. content. That's right. The this estate. is the same concept as owning your masters. There you go. The estate will. So what I'm encouraging people to do is you think, my wife and I were blessed to sit down and start learning about wealth creation. And we got a trust, not just a will, a trust. And the trust we set was a 100-year trust. We put enough resources in there that 100 years from now, we won't touch the corpus. We only let people get, for the next 100 years, dividends from that corpus to, to get whatever things they got to get. College, and we were very specific. College, home ownership, things that will put no, no buying stuff that's going to depreciate, only appreciating assets. And if you don't work on your education, you don't get nothing. Now, 100 years from now, there will be money in that trust for some kid to go to college. That's what you're thinking now. The IP, the intellectual property, is what you're talking about, and that's why we got here Roland Martin Unfiltered and why his gentlemen here have their jackets on, Roland Milton. Well, one of them do. <laughs> one of them didn't. I had a conversation with Henry earlier. Wear your jacket. I did say your name, Henry Peterson. Got his name on the jacket. I said, wear your jacket at the house. But not be at the house next time. But <laughs> when you walk around with that jacket, that's branding. Branding. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a new uh, artist and resident at High Point University. Became artist and resident in September. High Point is the fastest growing college in America. The president is Nito Cobain, the wealthiest man I know, the wisest man. They brand everything. Boom. Everything you touch, they brand it. They got their picture up. They got something about High Point. I wear a High Point hat now because they're paying me. I wear a High Point hat on the plane. And people will say, oh, I've heard about that. Where is that? So you send your kid to go do a tour. Nine, uh, almost seven out of ten people who visit want to go. Branding. Ben, so you look, folks, we want to build wealth. That's why we are here. That's why we're right. encouraging people. We want to encourage your mindset. Read. Get around big thinkers. Talk to them. Ask for advice. Ask for 30 seconds. Get what I got 30 seconds. I have to. Yes. Give me 30 seconds. What you got? If you got some value, then it'll stretch. Right. I'll say, hey, meet me after this line is over. Uh, let me. Oh, here's my number. Call me tonight or whatever. That's how we build wealth in our community. It's just being wise. And now one more thing I do is. Often I'll have somebody for one of my books, I need a forward or a quote from a big baller shot caller, uh, and I'll say to them, hey, look, I need a quote. Now, they get a 1,000 people want a quote. So what I do is I write a quote. I send it to them and say, would you just put your spin on this? Or that work for you? I know you're busy. They appreciate the fact that I took the time to think of, to, to honor their time. Yeah. So, man, Roland Martin is... is one of our icons, icons in media, because he keeps showing up in multiple variables and verticals, and he keeps showing up with excellence. Folks, excellence, lead, it paves a path for you. It paves a path. People know you by your excellence. Well, that's I, what I, you're doing. Well, I love how you've set your piece up, and again, you're thinking, and somebody's, trust me, somebody's watching, and they're like 100 years without understanding that Rockefellers. Yep. Carnegie's. Kennedy's. Carnegie's. Yeah. All of those folks. That's why they have individuals who some of them lost their mind with, with, with all the money. Yeah. But part part of our part of our again this whole how we reprogram one of the biggest problems in Black America 
is that we keep having to start over every, every generation. Every ten years, yep. we got to start over, and it it never creates any Indeed. well any any traction. And let me, one more last story. Let this story. I just had on my show the president of the Dale Carnegie Institute. Now I asked him, man, how many? How do y'all, what's your business model? Oh, we have franchisees. I said, how many franchisees? Oh, in 200 company, countries. I said, wow, they pay you what, a franchise fee? Yeah. I said, hey, where can I buy stock? He said, you can't. It's owned by the family. How there long? There you go. 110 years. Roland That's Martin, you, you're a gentleman and a Always scholar. Always a pleasure, Doc. All right, I, I appreciate I'm it. I'm proud of you, man. Proud of you as well. All right, you, you make it thing. happen. Blessings to everybody. It. God bless you. Uh, thank you. All right, folks, great chat there with Willie Jolly. I appreciate him being on the show. And, again, let me thank everybody who's been on today's show. Let me thank John Hope Bryant and all his folks with Operation Hope. This is the sixth year we have broadcast from here, and we appreciate them being partners with us on Roland Martin Unfiltered and the Black Star Network. So much, so many things that are going on. And, again, uh, we appreciate it. If you all missed any of this, go to our app, go to our YouTube channel. You can see the previous videos. We live stream the events on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. You can check all of that out, folks. Uh, again, we've had a fantastic time here. Lots of great information. It is about empowering us to get better, to go stronger, to do more. And so we certainly appreciate that. And so thank all of you for watching as well. I'll see you guys tomorrow from Atlanta. We're focusing on the Celebration Bowl. We'll be broadcasting live from the world of Coke and also showcasing both teams, North Carolina Central and Jackson State, uh, coming here to Atlanta to participate in this Saturday Celebration Bowl. So I will see you all tomorrow. And you know how we always end the show? Holla! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.